explained but will be handed over to the coroner. New details of the sexual abuse carried out by Jimmy Savile will be revealed today when reports are published on his activities at NHS hospitals. A report into Stoke Mandeville Hospital in Buckinghamshire has been delayed until the autumn, but Hertfordshire's Leavesden Mental Hospital, which closed in 1995, is expected to be included today. More from Jane Draper. More than 100 people have come forward to these various inquiries, giving reports of how they were sexually assaulted or treated inappropriately by the BBC presenter on NHS premises. The reports are expected to identify opportunities that were missed for Savile's offending to be confronted. Much of the focus today will be on independent inquiries at Leeds General Infirmary and Broadmoor Psychiatric Hospital. A third key report on his activities at Stoke Mandeville Hospital has been delayed after new information recently came to light. The head teacher of a Hertfordshire school has paid tribute to a former nursery worker who's died in a road crash in Turkey. 53-year-old Valerie Orton from Stevenage had worked at St Christopher School in Letchworth for 18 years. Head Richard Palmer says she was a much-loved and respected friend friend, teacher and colleague. Her friend Alison Conroy from Welling Garden City was also killed in Sunday's crash. A new pond in Watford Town Centre has had to be repaired just days after it was officially opened by TV presenter Mary Portas. The water feature, the centrepiece of a multi-million pound makeover of the parade, turned a shade of green and was branded a cesspit by people on Twitter. The council says there have been teething problems with the water filtration system. Steve Dilks is from Friends of Watford Pond. The teething problems are the same as the problems that they had before this pond was actually restructured. We know what's best, but they don't know the groundwork, they don't know the structure, they don't know the, the pipes, the problems with the water, the plants that were in there. It is all about decoration and show. In sport, the president of Uruguay has defended Luis Suarez following the apparent biting incident at the World Cup. FIFA is still considering what action to take. The weather, fine and dry with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. You're only about two minutes from being in the countryside. And all this week we're featuring Wellin and Digswell. There's a lot of local things going on. One of the focuses for that is Wellin Festival, which is ten days of about 70 events. It's all about where you live. Love it. It is charming. Love it. I love it. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. I love it. Love it. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a something, a spark, a whisper, an energy, an electricity in the air today that can only mean one thing. It can only mean one thing, Justin. Go on, boss. A feisty show. Yes. You up for a bit of feist? Oh, absolutely, boss. Can you deliver feist? Yes, I can. Okay, I'll be with you in a second. That's Justin Dealey. He's coming up very, 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 very soon. That's Catherine Boyle. Hi. You won't be hearing from her at all today. And here's Shaggy. Hello. There we go. Okay, right, that, that, that kind of... Do it again, Ben, but with a bit of... And here's Shaggy. Hello. Australian sarcasm. Wow. Lots coming up, including bad news for drama students in tabards. Okay news for people who like ponds. And as you've heard, great news for Scooby-Doo fans. Shaggy is answering the phones. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
0844... The whole team's here, apart from Kelly Betts. 08 and Paul Scoynes. The whole team is here, apart from Kelly Betts and Paul Scoynes and Tony Fisher. The whole team is here. 08459 555. And Craig Lewis isn't here. Not many people are here, actually. You and Duncan's definitely not here. If it, but if you've got any questions for any members of the team about your garden, now's a great time to give us a call. release that record until until his astrologer told him it was the time to release it and then it flopped 
08459 555 Now, Hemel's cracking down on chuggers, chuggers, chuggers in a move which could set back charities who rely on persuading shoppers to sign up for direct debits. I can't understand why anybody would give their bank details to a, an out-of-work drama student wearing a tabard in a high street. I don't understand why any... Could you understand that, Justin? <laughs> uh, no, I can't, actually. Some, some uh, annoying... Uh, uh, do you know what? And, and I say this with the greatest of love and respect. These people used to be beautiful. Beautiful women, hot young men, right? Yeah. They used to, and, and the hot young men would go after the women and would flatter them. And the beautiful young w- w- women would go after, you know, old men like me and flatter us. Mm. And then we, Now they'll, they'll just get any old munter. <laughs> they, they, they will. They'll just get anybody to do it. And, come, and Why would you give a stranger your bank account details? I don't know. Do you know what? I, don't, I just find the whole thing so cringeworthy. It really is. I was actually in Hemel last Friday and somebody comes running up to me on the street. Oh, what a lovely watch you've got. Oh. Oh, there, sir. The and I just thought, for goodness sake, and, and for me personally, you know, I want to give to charity, but, but when I see somebody with, with a brand on their T-shirt, they're representing a charity, and they're coming up to me in that fashion, that says to me that, that I will never give to that charity at any point in my life because of that negative experience. Justin, that's I'm, just me. I'm really sorry to interrupt. Matt Lockwood has just burst into the studio. What's wrong, Matt? Where's my bag? Sorry? <laughs> Where's my bag? I've got no idea, Matt. I'm trying to do a radio show, mate. Well, I'm trying to prepare my story. OK, well, I'm doing a radio show. I'm talking to Justin Dealey. Un- unbelievable. What a crazy cat. Un- but we'll be talking about Matt Lockwood later on as well. Unbelievable. I'm doing a radio <laughs> show, mate. <laughs> anyway, they're talking about this because Hemel is cracking down. From now on, you'll only have to run away from them two days a week in the Marlowe Shopping Centre in a move that's backed by the local govern- government minister, Brandon Lewis. Uh, Justin, does the minister, uh, does he want to get rid of Chuggers completely? No. Um, he feels that uh, it will be unfair to, to punish respectful charity collectors and prevent people who want to donate uh, from being able to do so um, as and when they like. So, so recently, Birmingham Council, that they tried to, to, to ban them completely there in the city centre, but uh, Brandon Lewis, he intervened. He said that Birmingham, that they should work alongside the charities to agree that's just say an acceptable way for oh. fundraisers to behave. So, so while he agrees that, that chugging can be very unpleasant, he feels that councils should address any problems by drawing up local agreements rather than taking some of these good causes off the streets. And it would certainly seem that the minister has got a point. Uh, research by the local government association suggests there are 75% fewer complaints about chuggers in areas where councils have negotiated with charities to reach an agreement about acceptable behaviour. So what's the plan for Hemel? What's going to happen there? Well, to Coranbar Council, um, they follow the minister's advice and they've signed an agreement with the Public Fundraising Regulatory Association. Oh, the old PFRA, uh, huh? Oh, yes. Oh, those guys. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to manage direct debit street fundraising in the town, specifically in the Marlows, where I had my incident only last week about my watch. Now, the idea is to strike a balance between allowing people to go about their business without being chased by these chuggers, whilst respecting the fact that direct debits are something charities, of course, need to go out looking for if they're going to survive. So, from now on, direct debit fundraising will be 
available in the Marlows just two days a week and they must act in accordance with the code of fundraising practice issued by the Institute for Fundraising. Now this doesn't apply to cash fundraisers so if you're uh, shaking a bucket or a collection tin you can do it whenever you like as long as you've got a licence from the council. Here, here's the thing okay you, you know when you see people with tins and buckets mm. they've changed the law they're not allowed to shake tins and buckets. Well that's ridiculous isn't no, it? No, because, well is it? Yes absolutely because I'm sure that a number of people love to give loose change to a charity doesn't really affect their pocket they might have 20 or 30 piece spare they can put into that bucket well if you don't hear the bucket how are you supposed to know they're there? Well you can see the bucket. Well not really. You can see a bu- you can see a, an old woman holding a bucket. But if you're, if you're walking through a busy shopping yep. centre like okay. the Marlowe's okay. lots of people there if you can hear somebody shaking the bucket I'll you're more you than likely to, to donate. And I am more than likely to put some money in the bucket I would never sign over my bank details. You've been asking people about this just what have they said? Yes I was uh, in Hamill yesterday and I asked people what the chuggers are like in their town. A nightmare. Seriously that bad? Yeah they just harass you. Even if you don't want to talk to them, they just harass you, pretty much follow you, walk down the road with you. So you can't get away from them, really. And they just keep going until you pretty much end up turning the swear them, pretty much, and then they finally get the hint. So have you done that? Yeah, definitely. You don't feel bad for doing that? No. If they're going to harass me, they're going to get in, they're going to get abuse. So if they don't want the abuse, don't do it. <laughs> They've been cut down to two days a week. Uh, probably a good thing if you're abusing them. Um, you must be delighted about that news. Yeah, I am, actually. I wish I'd stop full stop, really. They're really in your face. You walk up the high street, they're there. You walk back up the high street, they're back in your face again. Another one. So, yeah, Mm. they're always there. You must be delighted about this news. They're only going to be here two days a week. Bit of peace and quiet for you. Very much so. I can go out on my lunch break without having people um, hassling me all the time. You can take me out for lunch. You can take me out for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. Anthony, these chuggers, are they a real pain in the backside? Yes, definitely. Really, really, definitely. They just You just get mugged everywhere. You just can't do anything about them. You try and go to one side of them or go... I have to go through the Marlows just to circumnavigate them, just to get out of the way. So you have to go indoors to avoid them? Mm, yes, definitely. It's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely fed up with it. They're a little bit better than they used to be, but they are very much in your face. What do you think about those people who do sign up to charities on the street, whether it be here or, or anywhere else? To be blunt, they're complete idiots. Why are they idiots? Well, why would you give your personal details to a stranger in the street? It's just ridiculous and just complete idiots. Well, there we go. There's the the question. Are you an idiot if you sign up to a chugger? According to her, yes, you absolutely are. The thing as well about these these chuggers, uh, and I guess it's the nature of charities to a certain extent, is that you're paying their wages. When you sign up, I don't know what the percentage is, but when you sign up, Mm. a portion of the money you're giving is paying that chugger. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, as we mentioned in the introduction, charities need money to survive. But I just think a number of people... Well, the charities, are, Justin, they, yeah. They, they are, but, but I think the, the way things have gone over the last few years, in my opinion, is just wrong. If you're walking through your high street, you don't want to, to think of, of a charity as, as... It's just wrong. You know, you, you, if you want to give to a charity, you will give to a charity. Most people listening who, who donate once a month, they will give to a charity because they have a connection with a charity. If it's a cancer charity, uh, somebody in their family would have died of cancer. But but the way that these, these chuggers go about their business, when you are simply walking down your local high just street... Wearing a nice wa- you're just wearing a nice watch. But what's my watch got to do with a charity? It's their in. Justin, thank you very much. I often get followed down the street, Catherine, by these uh, these suckers. Oh, you're that bloke off the telly. You're y- minted. Yeah, I've had that. I've had that. And I've said, ta-ta. No, thank you. Never go for the handshake either, because they never let go. No. Nah. Would you, you wouldn't give your bank details to a 
stranger no, in the street, would you? No, and I don't engage with anyone in the street who says, hello, you're looking lovely. Because <laughs> you know that's a lie. Exactly. I wait, 459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. In Milton Keynes on the Standing Way, there are roadworks at the Kingston roundabout at the moment, so expect delays there, especially at peak times. Also in Kingswood on the A41, they're building a new roundabout between the Grendon Road and the Creighton Road, so there are temporary traffic lights there at the moment. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.17, it's Thursday the 26th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. Chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlowe Shopping Centre, a shopping area, two days a week. Police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman. And new details of the sexual abuse carried out by Jimmy Savile will be revealed today when reports are published on his activities at NHS hospitals. Although a report into Stoke Mandeville Hospital has been delayed until the autumn. If you want to have your say on Chuggers, give me a call. Maybe you are one, you've been one, maybe you're a fan of them and you think they're great. I bet this morning we do not find one person who thinks that uh, those Chuggers are a good idea. 08459 455 555. And coming up, do you, be, you live in Watford? Have you been in Watford? Have you seen the new sort of pond and fountain scenario they've got there? What do you reckon to it? Well, some people, including uh, the next gentleman coming up, are very, very angry about it. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three. Spend your afternoons talking about beds, hearts and bucks. It's an amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful. Discussing the biggest stories. In terms of our people, we've invested £5 million to recruit new nurses. In the company of friends. Howard Berry and Brown, Amanda Devlin. Amanda, what have you been watching this week? I went to the Happy Days. And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunities, poor availability of training. The use of CCTV spy to catch people who park illegally is to be banned. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, so uh, Matt Lockwood has joined me in the studio, and uh, Matt, two things. Yep. Uh, you're still upset about your bag. Yeah, where's my bag? You threatened to come under my desk in a minute. I'm going to come under your desk. Okay, well, I can assure you, you the bag is not Let's there. Let's have a look now. Oh, come well, on, I'm coming under your desk. Okay. No, my bag is not under your I'm, desk. I'm a 41-year-old father of two. I have not hidden your bag in this studio. And also, have you printed off a script for me? Uh, no, I'm going to read it off the screen, am I? Yeah, you read it off the screen. OK, well, this is... Uh, I know this has got you... Oh, this is quite a serious point, and this has got you very upset over recent times. The focal point of a multi-million pound makeover of the parade in Watford has had to be repaired just days after its official opening by Mary Portas. The new pond was branded a cesspit by people on Twitter after the water turned green. You can go to the Facebook page. We've got the picture on the Facebook page, I think. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR and have a look. Well, reporter Matt Lockwood, who lives in Watford, has been banging on about this for ages. The, the water, I'm guessing, wasn't meant to turn green, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. The council's installed a water filtration system to keep the water clean. The old pond 
was looking shabby, the water dirty, it had been neglected for years. So the idea was to give the people of Watford a pond they could be proud of, a pond that I could be proud of. Oh, I was going to take a, a breath. Right. Are you proud of this pond? No. Okay. Uh, this was part of a £4.3 million makeover of the town centre. Uh, you wrote this script, did you? I did, I'll yes. read it as it's written, shall I? Yeah. You've been posting pictures of the pond on Twitter. Just because you can't speak English properly. Yeah. When I saw the pond last week, the water was clear. I, I reiterate, the water was clear. And then when I back, went back this week, the pond had turned a bogey green colour. Now, the paving around the pond was covered in bird droppings. Don't laugh. This is serious, Ian. The new decking was covered in bits of bread. I could go on, and I will. And owner let his dog urinate next to me. It's not funny, it's serious. <laughs> this is my big moment, what are you laughing for? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this is serious, Ian. <laughs> None of the fountains. An owner, an owner let his dog you. Yes. Did yes. you not move? I did, but obviously the dog doesn't respect the new paving or the new pond. Now, none of the fountains were switched on, and the only ducks I could see was a giant heron. Now, play that... No, don't play that clip. A giant... Ask me a question. A giant heron? Yes. <laughs> a giant... <laughs> <laughs> this is like pantomime, but not funny. Go on, yes. A giant heron. A giant heron? It's a living plant, to be precise. So not a giant heron? No. Well, it is, but it's a plant. Some okay. people on Twitter have referred to it as emu. I thought it was a fountain at first, and water was meant to gush out of its bright yellow beak. Now, this person... Get ready for the clip. Get ready for the clip. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. This person thought the council were having a laugh. I don't think it will last very long, but it is funny. If it's meant to be funny, it's great. Stupid beak. It's just a living plant. A lot depends on how much it costs. Two or three of them, a family, might be quite fun. It looks a bit lonely, doesn't it? <laughs> it looks funny. You think that's a joke, then? You don't think that's going to be there permanently? Oh, I could imagine it could be there for a while. I don't think it'll last. Somebody will climb that. What will climb it? People out the pubs. Right. So it's people out of the pubs all... It is inviting. It's even got a seat. So drunken yobs will come out of the pubs and start riding the heron. <laughs> yes, they will. Now, you've got to ask me a question now, Ian. Riding the heron? Yes. And all this talk of riding the heron... Yep. Well, it's all this talk, it's you. Well, it's, it's her as well. All this talk of riding the heron, it does, uh, on a serious note, come just days after the official opening by the Queen of Shops, Mary Portas. Yes, she was in town on Saturday for the big launch. Now, there was music and entertainment, and everyone seemed to be having a good time. Except for you. Well, I wasn't there. Oh. Now, the event was captured, luckily, on film by the Watford Observer. Now, Mary said the new pond was central to the council's efforts to rejuvenate the town centre. I'm a bit worried when I drove in and I saw into Watford. What happened to the Harlequin? Then also the pond. Of course we needed it. What else do you fall into? No, not really, after a few drinks. The pond was a central part and it was wonderful. Well, OK, so that's Mary Portas, the Queen of Shops. What mm -hmm. have the locals been saying, the paupers of shops, about the pond? Right. 
Well, that wasn't in the script. Anyway. I'm, I'm freestyling now. Well, OK. Well, I've been told that the council were in a rush to get the water feature completed before Mary Portis arrived, so certain things may have been overlooked in a bid to make mm. up for delays to the project. Now, Steve Dilks is from the Friends of Watford Pond. You'll be from speak- the what, sorry? The Friends of Watford Pond. OK. You'll That's be speaking good. to him later on. Good. He's not surprised there's been problems. There was, a, uh, I think, way over a month, the deadline, they'd already started doing rehearsals for a part that they wanted to do on the bridge for some opening ceremony so they had to have it up and running no matter what it looked like and that's the problem there isn't it that they were in a rush to get this completed yeah and no matter what it looked like it it had to open on that day yeah there's going to be teething problems there will be a lot of problems but uh, the teething problems will are the same as the problems that they had before this pond was actually restructured they will not go away should the council have foreseen those teething problems well yes if anybody who, who knew anything about about the pond in itself would know what the problems are. But the problem is, those people aren't consulted. We know what's best, but they don't know the groundwork, they don't know the structure, they don't know the, the pipes, the problems with the water, the plants that were in there, the wildlife that was in there. It is all about decoration and show. That is all that this pond is. Mm. And that's the thing, you know, you, you see things in towns, don't you? And they, they don't look like they're going to be there in five years' time. Now, the drone in the background is a contractor's because I've been following this on Twitter and the council seem to have been responding to that and saying, oh, we'll get this pond fixed. Yep. Now, Steve also told me that the group were never properly consulted about the new pond. Now, he believes it won't be a haven for wildlife, like the council are promising. He says the fish will never return. Oh, it's too open and could attract drunken yobs as it's right next to a nightclub. Now, others I spoke to, Ian, said the pond could be a potential death trap. Gosh. Well, you can drown in six inches of water, so under the right circumstances, yes. You can't see it. You can't see. The alternative boggles the mind. Watford's always had a pond. It ought to keep one. I I think the main thing I have wrong with this is no safety rail, because it was there. And as you, I say again, the contractors, they were making their noise. You don't noise. have to say it again. You yeah. explained it. Right. You got very upset in the meeting yesterday, or the day before, yes. because there is no um, barrier around the pond. There is no barrier, now. But what, what pond... Name one pond that has a barrier around it. Um... That's not the point. Well, the, the point no, it, it is the point. No. Ponds don't have barriers around well, as them. Well, as you said, you know, as, as that woman said, you know, kids could potentially fall in the pond. You know, they can't see it. They can't see the edge of it. And I've seen uh, see families. Edge. I've seen families and they have little children. Yeah. And they're having to grab the little children yeah. so they don't go too near the pond. That's life. Well, you're you know. You're constantly having to do that when you've got kids. Maybe, but, you know, some people are not happy, including me. Now, now there's a bridge. What, what do your kids think? There's a bridge. I don't have kids. There's why are you bothered about it? I'm bothered about this pond and making sure it's right. Now, there's a bridge that goes over this pond. Now, it lights up when darkness falls. Nighttime. Yeah. yeah. So but some, it lights up at nighttime. So some locals can't see the point of it. Oh. They say it looks too functional. It was designed by consultants. So hardly a ringing endorsement there either. OK, what have the council had to say about this? Well... Uh, they wouldn't speak to you live this morning, Ian. Oh. Perhaps they're a bit embarrassed by what's happened. They might be busy. They might be busy, I'm sure they are. Now, they've put the problems down to a fault with the pond's water filtration system. Now, the pond has been emptied and refilled after it was filled up 
before you know Mary Porters came into town. Uh-huh. Uh, and since we put calls in yesterday, the council have sent us another update. Oh, okay. Let's have that latest update. So this update. is here we go. Latest update. Hot off the press. Yep. The filtration system's now up and running. Yes. And so people will see a vast improvement. In the appearance of water. That is that is wonderful news. So it should look less green in a week's time, so I should be back down there, okay. and hopefully that water will be clear again. I'm beginning to... And I know this, this responsibility doesn't fall on my shoulders, Catherine. It falls on yours, as yeah. you are the producer of this show. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking this is a weekly feature. Matt's I Pond will... update. Yes. Matt's Pond update? Pond life yeah. with po- Matt. Pond life with Matt. You up yeah. for that? Yeah. And that would make up for the fact... We are going to be doing a phone-in about you later on, Matt. Right. Really? Where's my bag? I don't know where your bag is. The, I'm going to look around the other side. No, wait, I've not finished talking to you. I, I'm, where's he going? I've not finished talking to you. Uh, Matt, you're very, very reluctant. You're a nice guy. Yeah. You're very reluctant to make cups of tea for anyone. This, this morning... This is not true. He'll, he'll this is not true. He'll make them for himself. Make tea for myself. This I'm, morning he said, I'm making a cup of tea just for me, not for anybody else. And he went off and he made a cup of tea. And he meant it. He meant it. He actually <laughs> meant it. There was no irony. There was no... So what we're going to do, Matt, you're, you are the king right. of um, selfish tea makers. See, I make Tony a tea every day. Tony's every not day. here, mate. Well, you know, and so I ain't Get got that much out love Tony to go around. Crevice. I've got that put much... Put it in mine. I don't want to put, go anywhere near your crevice. I'd like to touch your face, but I'm not going anywhere near your crevice. You can put your tongue on my face. Can I? No. <laughs> Come on. But so what we want you to do th- th- this morning is listen and Justin's going to go out and Justin's going out and doing a vox about you. Really? We want you to um a phone up and criticize Matt for his selfishness, but more importantly, we want you to name and shame those people in your workplace who are uh, just like Matt in that they you, you know they'll kind of sneak off. I'm just going to the loo and then they'll kind of sneak back with one cup of tea that they've made for themselves and they've they've not done it for anybody else. And if you live in Watford, you're not happy with this pond. <laughs> So what we're going to do with Matt? We're, Call we're a weekly feature. Yeah, pond life with Matt. Where we just get an update on the pond. Seven fifty every Friday. Well, you were talking about a doctor. What do we do Thursday? What do you want to do? It's got to be Monday because this new water filtration system has to bed in, and we're told that it will improve the appearance of the water. So okay. hopefully by why next is, Monday. Why has it got to be Monday though? Why can't it be next next Thursday or Friday? I suppose that is a week, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so next Thursday then. Okay, we'll, we'll see, see you, then. you next Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully the water will be clear, but I am not. Uh, I'm not. Don't spoil it, Matt. Are you? Are you going to go and ride the heron? I'm going to ride the heron. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that will ride the heron. This is a genuine concern of people coming out of these pubs and nightclubs and climbing onto this heron. We know, Matt. Yeah, you've just done the piece. Have I? Right. Well, people might have just tuned in. Go and have a look. Shall behind, I start again? Go and have a look behind Jan's desk. There's a little surprise for you. The water wasn't meant to turn green, was it, Matthew? No, it wasn't, Ian. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking on the speed sensors, things building up at the Park Street roundabout now. The North Orbital, as you head away from Chisel Green, looking quite busy at the moment. Also on the sensors in Bedford, the A6 looking a little busy as you head towards the centre of town, but it all seems to be moving at the moment. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. The emergency services are at the scene of a house fire in Bletchley. Bucks Fire and Rescue Service say two gas cylinders have exploded and two people have been taken to hospital. A cordon is in place. Firefighters were called to Turnbury Close at around 4.45 this morning. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. Chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlow shopping area two days a week. Police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman in Stony Stratford. And new details of the sexual abuse carried out by Jimmy Savile will be revealed today when reports are published on his activities at NHS hospitals, although a report into Stoke Mandeville Hospital has been delayed until the autumn. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The president of Uruguay has defended Luis Suarez following the apparent biting incident at the World Cup. The team's captain had an angry exchange with the BBC reporter, denying any biting took place. FIFA is still considering what action to take. Dan Rowan is in Brazil. FIFA's disciplinary committee will have been made all too aware of the fact that the world is watching and I think the image of the sport is very much at stake. Luis Suarez has previous. He uh, received a seven-match ban when at Ajax for biting an opponent. Uh, the 10-match ban uh, when he bit Branislav Ivanovic of Chelsea when playing for Liverpool last year. But this is on an altogether different scale. On the field, two goals from Lionel Messi helped Argentina to a 3-2 win over Nigeria. Both teams go through. France drew 0-0 with Ecuador last night, but won their group with Switzerland second after beating Honduras 3-0. France will play Nigeria. Argentina will face Switzerland in the last 16. This afternoon, a draw for Germany against the USA would send both through. At Wimbledon, wins for Andy Murray and Novak Djokovic yesterday. Murray dropped just two games, but knows there are tougher encounters ahead. You're going to get tested during the tour Sometimes that happens in the first round and sometimes it can happen semi-finals or it can happen at any moment in the tournament. You just have to be ready for, for it and expect it before every single match. Today, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer are in second round action. British number one Heather Watson is also on centre court. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So just just clarify again, Matt Lockwood is actually employed as a... Re- he's, a re- he's actually a reporter. Yeah, here. yeah, probably journalist. Wow. I know. Isn't he brilliant, though? He's brilliant. It's a great I, I story. I I would care that much about a pond. It's a great story. If you or know a heron. The, uh, I, 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 I really want to write that. Oh, man, alive, I want to get on top of that heron. Uh, if you know the pond in Watford... <laughs> If you know the pond in Watford and you are as concerned uh, as Matt Lockwood is, 08459 maybe you think it looks great. Or maybe you've seen it this morning. Can you tell us about the green status of it? The When I uh, lived in Slough many years ago and they built a fancy new fountain outside the Queensmere Shopping Centre and the day after it was opened and for every day since then, I've noticed it's gone now, uh, kids were putting in washing up liquid. <laughs> so it was always green and bubbly. It was always green and bubbly. Oh, isn't that fun? Yeah. That's the community taking pride. Do you know pride, what, actually? In a way. People would... would isn't it funny how you, you get, like, a, a, a bowl of water in a town and people toss money into it? Yes. You know, people just put money into it. Oh, this is my, my, I might get a wish come true. I wanted to buy the second album I ever wanted to buy, OK, uh, on my own. And I, so I, was, I would have been about 14. And I didn't have enough money. Oh, 
No. Yeah, I stole people's wishes. On a freezing cold November night, it was freezing, the water was freezing and it was dark, I put my hand into the fountain outside Slough, Queensmere, and I got enough money to top up what I had already to go and buy um, my Monkey's Best Of double album. Got enough money to go and buy it. Seven pounds forty-nine. That double. So in a way, your wish came true. My wish came true. Thanks to uh, maybe all those other people were wishing that a young man would find his destiny in that fountain, and yeah. and I did. Yeah. Uh, also, let's name and shame people who don't make cups of tea at work. Yeah. There is. I notice too few brews. Well, you. Yeah. Well, I'm too busy. You're not too busy. I'm often too busy. I send Holding you... this sinking ship together. I, as I'm driving into work, I often pull over... And send me an abusive text. Send you an abusive text, and I come in, and often that text is ignored. Today, you put the kettle on and left it. Well, you said put the kettle on. No, I said do it. It was on. I said do it. I did it. It's did beef. <laughs> I'm just saying, you could do more for the morale of the team. Yeah, yeah. Or I could write your cues. Ben, what are you like, Ben? Are you are you good? Uh, I'm make... pretty generous, I think. Yeah, you are. You're quite yeah. good. Are you? There are some people in this office when they offer me a brew, I don't want one, mostly because it's horrible. Yeah. Name and shame. No. Name them. No. Name them. No, because I might want one one day. So even ben, if it's horrible. Ben, you're good, are you? I make a good brew. I do. I'll make one in a little bit. Test me. His girlfriend's a scouse, you see, so he can make yeah. a proper northern brew. He said in a little bit though. Why? All right, I'll do it now if you want. Are you are you thirsty? We're always thirsty. Listen, if you, you need to learn, if you have to ask the question, then you have to make the. the but hang on, if you don't, if you don't do the rhyme, you have to do the time. You, you did the rhyme. You did the crime. You smelt it. You dealt it. Yeah, yeah, you've got me there. Got in there. Provided it and supplied it. Yeah. See what I did. I knew. You started. You farted. Oh no, no. No, is that not but it? We were adapting. Okay, right. <laughs> not just saying. Um, anyway, so oh eight four five nine. Oh, actually, don't call now because Shaggy's gone off to make a cup of tea. Yeah, give coffee, him, cough, please. Give uh, him. How long do you reckon? Ten minutes. It'll take him ages. It'll take him ages. Should we have a record? Yeah. And then we'll look in the papers. Oh yeah. yeah? Oh, this one yeah. I introduced to my kids the other day with the video. Did they like it? It blew their tiny minds. So what's the point of robbery when nothing is worth taking? It's kind of tough to tell a 
It's Adam Ant and the Ants, number one in the hit parade. And suddenly I'm five again. I um, interviewed Adam Ant when no one would touch him. Everyone wants to touch him now. No one would touch him because he was a loose cannon. And he came on my radio show and he was, um, he was peculiar. He's, he's damaged goods. He wouldn't walk into the building until my producer went up to the door and met him. Uh, but my sister, my sister used to love Adam Ant, used to... Oh, just love him. But he was Disney beautiful, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And so I got him to phone up my sister and leave a message on her answer phone. And she woke up the next day and she found out. She went, oh, my God, was that really out of He left a message. <laughs> I said, yes, it was. It's like, all right, all right, Joe, it's, uh, it's Adam out here. Uh, I hope you're OK. Yeah, he's a bit uh, young David Essex, isn't he? He is. He was very, then then I, I got him in again and she came. I, I got him in just so she could come in and meet him. And he was charming. And then I introduced him live at a gig and he was very rude to me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was very rude to me. But he's damaged goods, you know, so... Um, but he was he's good, Adam, man. You can't knock him. He puts on a good show. Brilliant. Puts on a good show. And they were doing something different. What's in the papers? Not a lot. Can I just tell you the two the two health front pages? Um, Banned fruit juice at dinner time, says the Daily Mail, where vitamin D cuts blood pressure, says uh, the Daily Express, and sunshine is the best way to get your dose. Woo! But on the Daily Express, it says, autistic boy healed by his love of horses. What, so he's not autistic anymore? Let's go to page 23. Can you or they heal? just found something he's really interested in. Yeah, and he, it's he, opened him up. I would say he could be healed by having a haircut. I mean, oh, no, he's come lovely. on, come on, guys. No, he's cute. 12-year-old Rowan Isaacson, confident enough to present a film on his web channel of a trip searching for bears in Transylvania with his author and filmmaker father, Rupert. Filmmaker well, father. Handy. There we go. There we go. The achievement's more remarkable in itself, but it's more so if you learn that 10 years ago when Rowan was d- diagnosed with autism, his parents were told to expect nothing from their non-speaking and socially isolated son. It just goes to show you can tap into something. There's, you know, if you can find it, then you can, there's hope. What, what do your kids drink at dinner time? I tend to give them water. Yeah, we give them water at dinner time. Occasionally they have a glass of orange juice. They don't have a load of orange juice. They have it very, very very infrequently and uh, it's really weak. So it's kind of not worth it, to be honest. Yeah, they have orange juice. Oh, do they? They don't have those... um Drive some crackers. Yeah. What? No, but proper orange juice, not Mm. not Sunny D or something. No, well, no, a bit of, you know, Robinson's, whatever. Oh, really? Oh, no, we give them proper orange juice. Yeah, they have that uh, in the mornings. Mm. Parents should ban juice from the dinner table. Experts but warned yesterday. Do they yesterday. mean juice or do they mean cordial? Because I get confused with this southern no, juice. No, juice thing. has got juice has got um, loads of sugar as well, hasn't it? Yeah. Apparently, it turns out, guys, everything you were told when you were young is wrong. Mm. It's a lie. Fruit juice is bad for you. I was always told, told fruit juice is good it's for you. you, but it's bad for you. Children should be given only so water what, or milk. So what? We don't eat fruit anymore. You should cut down on fruit. I'm what? guessing. I'm guessing. They point out fruit juices are helping fuel sharp rises in obesity rates, type 2 diabetes and heart heart disease. Right, listen, if they're in a pint of juice at a time, then you've got to worry about it. But a little bit, for heaven's sake. You could always water it down if you're that bothered. Just give them loads of water (laughs) during the day. Did you write this? This is the... the, um, Is it me? Is it say that on the end of it? It's not... Well, yeah, it's not... How do you do your accent? Um, Do your accent for me so I can do it. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Oh. It's not a good idea to wean people on the habit of expecting sweet beverages all the time. Oh. Kids... Oh, no, I'm doing the wrong paragraph. Is this what I sound like to you? (laughs) I snotted. We need... This is you. 
we need to reintroduce the habit of people putting a jug of water on table and drinking water with their food instead of some sort of fruity beverage. Don't put pop on the table. <laughs> That's you. I am not a Geordie or Ooh. I don't know what that was. That was a northerner. That was a generic Gosh. northerner. Because we're all the same. Yeah, very much so. All sliced off the same balm cake. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. Do you, got, do you want to do one more story and then we'll do the travel? Um, oh, Ben's not set up the travel or the, we- or the weather. Ben! Ben, you need to come and set up the weather. What are you doing messing the ground with cups of coffee for? Your plum. <laughs> Take your time. We did then. that. We made him go up. We bullied him. Yeah, we, we, he should have stood up to us. He's failed the test. Oh, dear. Suarez in the papers. Yeah, and people have done amusing pictures. Funny of pictures of him as, as Jaws, or as Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah, that's a good one. Or as um, Drac- Dracul. Apparently the Ur- Uruguayan president saying he saw nothing. I yeah. didn't see it. I didn't see it. Yeah, well, we, we got to I trust. saw it. I wasn't watching the match. Got to trust those Uruguayans. 08459 455 555. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 6 for the M25, looking heavy in patches at the moment. And then the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Also very slow at the moment between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On the speed sensors in Hitchin, the A505 looking busy as you head towards the centre of town. Public transport, no reported problems there. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 6.46, it's Thursday the 26th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The emergency services are at a scene uh, of a fire in Bletchley. Four homes have been evacuated after gas cylinders exploded in a garage in Turnbury Close. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. Chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlow shopping area two days a week. And police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman in Stony Stratford. If you want to give us a call, you can. 08459 455 555. Name and shame those uh, lazy, selfish tea makers uh, at work. And also, if you're aware of the um, uh, the fountain. Is it a fountain or is it just a pond? pond? It's just a pond. There's no fountain. Is there a fountain, Matt? This pond of yours. Is there a fountain there? The fountain... Are not the fountains are not switched on yet, but they will be. Well, who knows? Do you know? No. Well, the hope is that they fix the pond, so they've sorted out the water filtration system, and the next stage, hopefully, will be to switch on the fountains. Do we know when that might be? No, we don't. Okay. Tune in to Pond Life with Matt Lockwood next Thursday at eight. No, That's at 7.50. Yeah. Has the water changed colour? Have the fountains been switched on? Okay, just, have we'll the fish then. returned? Matt, Matt, Three questions next week. Matt, Matt, you're standing just a little bit too close to Catherine. She looks uncomfortable. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Well, I used a special mouthwash this morning because I thought this oh, might... OK, right. Get, get, let's <laughs> oh, get the weather with Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much indeed. It's a little bit cool out there this morning, uh, certainly compared to recent nights that we've had. We were well down in single figures in many spots through the night last night, around uh, 7, 8, 9 Celsius. But uh, actually, we're starting to see temperatures rising because we've got some good spells of sunshine coming through and a decent day on the cards again, generally uh, dry through the bulk of the day today. Uh, good spells of brighter sunny weather and in the best of it, top temperature of 19, 20 Celsius. That's 68 in Fahrenheit. But 
but we do have some showers to work the way in through this evening and overnight and once they come in uh, that's it for the next couple of days we'll be talking about showers for tomorrow and for Saturday as well certainly we start with plenty of showers tomorrow morning they're trying to track northwards so by the afternoon perhaps fewer of them around but we can't be really too clever actually about where they'll clear away from so uh, all three of the counties are still in the firing line for showers tomorrow afternoon between them top temperatures of 19 or 20 celsius again and then showers on saturday a number of them and a good chance of seeing them but on sunday things look drier and more settled in Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying soon. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person can sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. mentioned Dusty Springfield to my mother. Do you know what she says? Have a guess. No, not that. Not that. No, she doesn't pick up on that. I don't think she's even aware of that. She says, what a dirty woman. What a dirty, dirty woman. You say, Mum, why? She never used to take her makeup off. 
Uh, what? Uh, how, 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 a, how do you know that? And B, why is that the first thing you think of when you mention Dusty Springfield? Do you know what I think of? Yeah. Massive hands. Do you know why? You know, she used to be quite... She used to gesticulate quite a lot. Yeah. She used to write the lyrics on her hands. Oh, really? So she was having a little check. Oh, good for, good for her. Dusty fact. Uh, here's a very serious story, right, in The Sun. Mm-hmm. And I don't think The Sun are taking it seriously enough. Why? It's called Jack the Zipper. OK. Cops are hunting a serial killer. Oh. Who slaughtered three men. Nasty. By slicing off their todgers in eastern Ukraine. Let me read that again. Is that the end of the thing? And ja- they called it Jack the Zipper. Jack the Zipper. Cops are hunting a serial killer who slaughtered three men by slicing off their todgers in eastern Ukraine. Slicing off their todgers. todgers. Zipper. <laughs> got their, they got their willies cut off and they died. <laughs> So she quite what a horrific way so, to die. Genital mutilation. Yeah. What 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 a horrific way to die. Anyway, allowed them to say Todgers, so I've had my Todger cut off, I'm dying. Still I could, oh dear. Hey, do you what you watch a lot of TV, don't you? No. Go on. Um Seldom get time. Hang on a second. I'm a working mother. Ben, you watch a lot of TV, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah how, I do. How much TV do you watch? Uh too much. By the way, I've given up on all television series. All of every tele- every television series I've ever watched, apart from Breaking Bad, has ended up being a load of old guff. Lost. Yeah. Wasted six years with that rubbish. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm now watching Fringe, which is awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh, oh it's got really, really I've rubbish. I've given up on it. I, I'm, sensing a, I'm sensing a pattern in that they're American. The, the American ones, whoa. they string them out to the point where they get ridiculous and then they finish them because they don't know where the to The Walking go. Dead, it got rubbish. The last oh, series... It's, it's, no, mate. It's got better. No, the last series was rubbish. Two for you that will restore your faith. I'm not going to watch them. Please try them. I don't know that one. Please try them, right? My one of them. Oh. Got Top of the Lake. It was on last year. It Sounds rubbish. Early, no, it was brilliant. Is it British? It's a co- collaboration. No. No, next. no, it was brilliant. No. Seriously, it was brilliant. It'll have you hanging on till the very last bit, and the last ten minutes it blows your mind. Also, The Returned. That uh, was the one where you're not quite the sure. zombies. Yeah. yeah. Or are they zombies? Well, that's, the ghosts, there's another series they, coming, yeah? I'm that's, not sure. That I'm, series will be rubbish. I'm not sure whether there is another series. The, t- the t- 4200, rubbish. 4400, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just saying. Okay. Uh, all television series, apart from Breaking Bad, have ended up poorly. No, I haven't watched Breaking Bad. Well, you should watch it because it's brilliant. I, I've been watching Game of Thrones. That's awesome. Get I, ready for the get ready for the disappointment. But I quite like Game of Thrones, but I have in my mind that it's a load of old nonsense. Yeah, but it's nonsense with the occasional with swords. bottom thrown in. Exactly nonsense. I love bottoms. I really oh, love bottoms. Although the blonde one now signed a contract, that means that she won't get a kiss off anymore. Yeah. Oh, Spoiler. Really? I, I warn you now, if you're watching Game of Thrones, it will end in disappointment. It, yeah. will, it will be... Yeah, it'll what, be what a ride. It's the, <laughs> everyone says, oh, it's the journey, not the destination. Nuts. Nuts to you. It's the destination. When you, when you want a good ending, they can't do good endings. So I've just, I'm, watching, I'm going to watch the end of Fringe because I've I'm, I'm only got six more episodes to go. I'll watch it, although you've Ridiculous. stitched me up. Well, I, I, you know what? They've stitched me up. I might as well go to the end. No television series, apart from Breaking Bad... Ends well. The killing, the first killing. Oh, right, it was him. Okay, right, next. Yeah, rubbish. Well, I gave, I gave you two, but you're not even going to give them a uh, chance. You'll the, love them. The West Wing kind of started on a high, yeah. dipped in the middle, yeah. and then finished on a high. Well, I, I don't want to dip in the middle. D- 24, the last... I've not even watched this one set in London, but the last three series of 24 have been rubbish. Yeah, but it's it's the same thing every every time, isn't Just it? not as good. Anyway, the reason... just do one-offs. Do an eight-parter, and films. that's it. No, they should do films. Films are good. Some films are good. Anyway. Did you see Congo? Anaconda? 
I, I love Anaconda. Oh, my goodness, that was the worst That's J-Lo, isn't it? I got taken to the cinema to see that. What oh. a load of old... Oh, you didn't like it? Oh, it was awful. Yeah? It was awful. Were you scared? No, it was a stinker. I was scared that I was never going to get that hour and a half back anyway, in my life. Three hours TV right. doubles... This is for you, Ben. Three hours TV doubles early death. What? Risk. Let me just, let me just repeat on. that, because okay. I don't think you've got the message. Three hours TV doubles early death risk. Oh. Earlier than what, though? Yeah. You're never going to know. Watch it. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Watching more than three hours of TV a day may double adults' risk of premature death. May. Let me read that again. Probably won't. Watching more than three hours of TV a day will double adults' risk of premature death. If you're eating cheesy nachos at the same time, yes. Yeah. But researchers found that spending the same time on a computer or driving did not have the same effect. So I'm going to drive whilst watching television. What, what if you computer? watch telly on your computer? Job done. Cheating it. He's found the He's found cheated loophole. death. Yeah. <laughs> he's just cheated death. I saw the Reaper advancing and he's gone, yeah, fair enough. The boy's a legend. <laughs> Have you got one for us before we... Um, yeah, um, defiant of mum who took son out of school for her wedding. Smiling in the sunshine picture on page 25 of the Daily oh, Mail of yeah. a uh, new husband and wife and her son. I think some schools are using their initiative. What? Yes. Well, I know some schools are using their initiative. You're saying that some schools are allowing pupils out? I know people who've taken their kids out without being fine. Because that school weren't allowing um, that kid to go. Right. Yeah. Basically, the mum. And they'll say it's not down to us; it's the government. It's not. It's down to the head teacher. The mum wanted to get married. Um, I, I mean, I don't know why she wasn't married to the father of the child before he was born. Uh, she but, might have been. Oh yeah, good point. Uh, so she wanted to get married. She wanted to do it in the weekday because it's cheaper and she's uh, tight. And they went on holiday. And they went on holiday. The school said no, and she went up yours, Delors, and she took him out for three days. Was she right or wrong? For her own wedding. Right. No, no one could argue that that was wrong, could they? No one could no. say... And even, I don't like taking kids out of school. Even in my most contentious, argumentative mood, I couldn't argue that yeah. she was wrong to do Of course you take your kid out for your wedding. Mm-hmm. Of course you do. What about your brother or sister's wedding? If they were bridesmaids or something? Yeah. What about your mate's wedding? No. There we go. Job done. I wait four five nine four double five five double five. I'm glad that's cleared up. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Bedford, the A6 looking heavy as you head towards the centre of town from the A421. Also, the M1 London-bound looking slow between Junction 10 for Luton and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also got delays showing up between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport, that's all looking good at the moment. We've got no reported problems there. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. I'm seeing on Twitter that um, they're coming up with new theories about the uh, missing airplane. What's wrong, Catherine? You right? I've just seen the heron, the Watford heron. Oh, yeah? I really want to ride it. You're going to ride it? Yeah. Let's get the picture to it. We'll put the pictures up on Facebook over uh, the news and you can uh, let us know if you'd like to ride that heron. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Yeah, on Twitter they're coming up with new theories. And I say they, I mean the BBC are, are, are printing these theories on what might have happened to that airplane. Missing flight is thought to have been on autopilot before it crashed. How, how do they know this? And it turns out they were looking in the wrong place. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, homes evacuated after fire in Bletchley, Hemel Hempstead tackling on-street fundraisers and reports out today on abuse at hospitals by Jimmy Savile. BBC Three Counties Radio. Four homes were evacuated following a fire in Bletchley this morning when gas cylinders exploded. Bucks Fire and Rescue Service say two houses and a garage have been damaged after the explosion in the garage. No one was injured. The fire is now out, but a cordon remains in place. Firefighters were called to Turnbury Close at about 4.45. They received over 20 calls from members of the public. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. So-called chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlow shopping area two days a week. More from Tony Fisher. An agreement's been signed between Decorum Borough Council and the regulatory body for charities doing face-to-face fundraising. It aims to ensure a balance between the need for charities to ask for support and the right of residents not to be overly pestered. Also, as part of the agreement, fundraisers must still act in accordance with the Code of Fundraising Practice. Police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman. The body of the 82-year-old was discovered on Tuesday lunchtime at a house in Latimer in Stony Stratford. The 48-year-old man was released yesterday evening. Police say the death is still unexplained but will be handed over to the coroner. New details of the sexual abuse carried out by Jimmy Savile will be revealed today when reports are published on his activities at NHS hospitals. A report into Stoke Mandeville Hospital in Buckinghamshire has been delayed until the autumn, but Hertfordshire's Leavesden Mental Hospital, which closed in 1995, is expected to be included today. Liz Ducks is a solicitor representing some of the victims. Because he was such an important fundraiser for the organisation, and in some cases people were literally lying laughed off by members of staff. And these were children, some of whom did try and tell their parents and their parents just could not believe that someone as famous as Savile would have behaved in this way. The head teacher of a Hertfordshire school has paid tribute to a former nursery worker who's died in a road crash in Turkey. 53-year-old Valerie Orton from Stevenage had worked at St Christopher School in Letchworth for 18 years. Head teacher Richard Palmer says she was a much-loved and respected friend teacher and colleague. Her friend Alison Conroy from Welling Garden City was also killed in Sunday's crash. A new pond in Watford Town Centre has had to be repaired just days after it was officially opened by TV presenter Mary Portas. The water feature, the centrepiece of a multi-million pound makeover of the parade, turned a shade of green and was branded a cesspit by people on Twitter. The council says there have been teething problems with the water filtration system. In sport, football's world governing body FIFA has told the BBC a decision about about the Uruguay and Liverpool striker Luis Suarez should be made within the next 24 hours. Suarez is being investigated for allegedly biting an opponent during Uruguay's World Cup win over Italy on Wednesday. The weather fine and dry with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's happy, it's positive, there's lots of people, there's lots of things going on. It's just charming. It's all about where you live. It's still got a real community, you know. And all this week we're featuring Wellin and Digswell. It's a very sociable place. But everything you're likely to want, cafes, restaurants. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, uh, I own this hotel. I do sometimes think we're just doing this show for ourselves. Is anybody... 
Is this on? Is anybody listening? Ah, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm having fun and I'm getting paid. Wow, bonus. Bonus. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. What a lot to talk about today. Chuggers, they're being clamped down on them. Is that a sentence? As people. Thank you. Are you a fan of the chugger? We've yet to find anybody who thinks they're a cracking idea. Is there a chugger listening? They, they won't be. They'll be doing their vocal exercises oh, come on. somewhere. If there is a chugger listening, 08459 555. Why? It's got to be the most soul-destroying job in the world, hasn't it? Uh, it's got to be up there. It's got to be up there. People still do it. I was a semi-chugger. What? Whoa. Ben was a semi? When was this? Uh, How can you semi-chug? Well, basically, people would get the details on the street and I would phone them up after and, and oh, say... Oh, we'll speak to, to you in a little bit, young man. The f- we'll speak to you in a little bit. If you're a fan of the Chuggers, ever signed up to them? 08459 555 We are getting the uh, latest on what's happening in Watford with the pond. And also, there has been uh, an explosion. Where's the explosion been, Catherine? We have a reported explosion. A reported explosion, thank in you. Well, actually, we believe uh, gas canisters are involved. We're sending Justin there with more detail. OK, Justin, make sure you don't smoke any growlers while you're there. We will have the latest on that ongoing situation. And it's name and shame day. Name and shame those people in your workplace who are a little bit selfish when it comes to cups of tea. They'll kind of sneak off to the kitchen and come back with a cup of tea and you're all going, oh, oh, Steve didn't, uh, Steve, you didn't, oh, no, I don't make rounds. I don't make rounds. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR if you want to ride the heron. 81333, start your text 3CR or give me a call 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's ride the heron. Hey, from now on, you'll be able to shop at the Marlowe's in Hemel without being tailed by a student in a tabard. Or rather, you can do that for five days out of seven. Decorum Council is one of 90 across the country to sign up to a new agreement on the way direct debit fundraisers operate. You'll have seen them. They're, they're these young men and women, normally young men and women, always in their sort of early 20s, and they're wearing a tabard that says, you know, the name of a charity. Good morning, sir. You're looking marvellous. How are you? How are you? Have you got a few minutes? Do you, do you like... My line is, depending on what it is, and I have actually said this uh, to them, um, I hate children... I hate animals. I've said that to them. Because they, they just, they, they're so... Re- Good morning, sir. Would you like to sign up? I, I hate children. I had someone approach me in Milton Keynes the other day saying, have you got five minutes to save the pandas? Ooh. Might take a bit longer. Yeah, if that's, all, if, if that's all you think it's going to take, boy, you're in for a disappointment. Well, from now on, these people can only be in the Marlows two days a week and they must adhere to a strict code of conduct. Love to hear what you have to say about these, whether you're a fan of or not. Justin Dealey went out and spoke to some people in Hemel. They told us they are delighted with the changes in the rules. Well, it seems you come walking down here and every day there's someone in a red shirt or something and there's, there's often they're dotted uh, a certain amount apart and you almost have to walk in zigzags along the street just to avoid them. And it's, it's not that I don't like them, but it's a little bit intrusive, really. A nightmare. Seriously that bad? Yeah, they just harass you. Even if you don't want to talk to them, they just harass you, pretty much follow you, walk down the road of you. So you can't get away from them, really. And they just keep going until you pretty much end up telling them to swear at them, pretty much. And then they finally get the hint. So have you done that? Yeah, definitely. You don't feel bad for doing that? No. If they're going to harass me, they're going to get in, they? They're going to get abuse. 
so if they don't want the abuse, don't do it. <laughs> They've been cut down to two days a week. Uh, probably a good thing if you're abusing them. Um, you must be delighted about that news. Oh, yeah, I am, actually. I wish I'd stop full stop, really. Uh, they sit on the floor, like, they were outside uh, Specsavers the other day, and they just don't leave you alone. They shout at you, even, like, if you're walking past or away, and it's really, really annoying. And when you say no thank you, do they persist? Uh, they carry on, yeah, they carry on for ages. They're horrible. I hate them. They're being cut down to two days a week. Okay. Should they be banned? Yeah, get rid of them. They don't do anything, like, worthwhile, so they shouldn't be here. Well, they would say, of course, that they're trying to raise money for charity, which is a worthwhile cause. Well, there's charity shops and people do their own stuff for charity. I don't, I'd rather have the leaflets come through my door and give them a reason for do stuff rather than sitting there persistently shouting at you and making you feel guilty for not going, like, talking to them. Well, that was Justin speaking to uh, people yesterday. There's no such restriction on bucket and collection pot shakers as long as they've got their licence from the council. Well, in a moment, we'll hear from Peter Maple, director, course director of the Charity Management Programme at London South Bank University. But before that, let's speak to Barbara Harpham, National Director of the Charity Heart Research UK. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Barbara, what's your, your t- stance on chugging? Are you a fan of it or not? No, uh, Heart Research as a charity is certainly not a fan of it. We, we, we do no sort of cold calling or getting people in the street because we just believe people should be able to have pleasant lives and, and remain unaccosted either on the phone or in the street. The, this technique must work, though, otherwise pe- charities wouldn't do it, would they? So do you, maybe, do you not feel you're missing out on potential income? No, I think, I think you've got to, to, to live by how you would like to be treated, you treat other people. And yes, pe- we are missing out, but the, the fact is, I suppose the other thing is, is that you have to employ an agency. And these agencies em- employ people who have no affinity to our cause or the cause they're working for on that day at all. Um, they don't know anything about them. They're given a script. And I just think it's a bit disingenuous to get people who, who have no loyalty to go and ask for money. And the other thing is that it costs for every lead that they get, everybody that signs up, the charity has to pay. Mm. And they're quite large sums. Uh, is that not the, the the way that things are going now? It's harder and harder to to get people to uh, volunteer to stand out on the street with a bucket uh, or to go. You know, it's harder for people to get involved with charities, and I guess if if it's one of the bigger charities and they can afford to do that to pay people, is there anything wrong with that? Well, there, there are lots of ways of, of making money. You don't have to go and accost people in the street. I mean, with Heart Research UK, we we don't do it, and, and we manage to fund all, all our, our stuff. How do you how do you fund things, Barbara? What techniques do you use? Um, we we do the things that normal charities do. We we get lots of people to help us with buckets. To be honest with you, in fact, more people are volunteering now than ever before. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, we also have legacies, events. Um, online fundraising, people like to get something back for their money now. Um, so, you know, these badges or daffodils or, or whatever it is, that, that's growing as well. Um, so there are plenty of other ways to do it without, without chugging. Uh, Barbara, would you say over the, the, the last sort of three, four, five years, has your, the money coming in gone up or down? Because we often hear that charities are, are hard hit in times of recession. Well, I can only talk about our size of charity. Yep. The big ones, they fared quite well because they were big names, that people recognised them, and if they were going to give whatever they were going to give to charity, they would give it to one of the bigger ones. But we're, we're, we're sort of the next tier down. And yes, we were hit in probably 2010, 
But after that, people have been very good and come back very quickly. We're back about back to our normal levels now. Barbara, if people want to find out more about Heart Research UK, where, where do they go? Um, you can go on... on but just put Heart Research UK in, 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 in a search engine uh, and you'll find us. We, we come up first. Barbara uh, Harpen, thank you very much indeed. We can speak now to people. Peter Maple. Oh, I'm having trouble speaking today. The course director of the Charity Management Programme at London South Bank University. Morning, Peter. You heard Barbara there. She's not a fan of, of, of chuggers because, uh, A, they're being paid a salary or a commission or however it works, and, B, they're not personally connected with the charity. And that ca- those, those things can put some people off, can't they? Good morning, Ian. Well, I think Barbara hit the two very interesting points there. That one, uh, it's only part of the fundraising mix. She was talking about a whole lot of other uh, techniques uh, of asking for money. And the point being that they all cost money. Even organising bucket collections with volunteers takes time and effort and money. And there is a cost involved in raising the funds. But you're not paying those, those, those um, people shaking the buckets, although you're not no, allowed to shake the No, but you are paying to organise them. You are paying for the licence. And, and there are costs, you know. Um, street canvases, uh, yep, they are, they are paid. And uh, it's, it's actually, interestingly, the cost of recruiting uh, a supporter on the street uh, is about the same as it is over direct mail over time. You know, there, there is a cost. People have to understand that. Equally, the other thing she was saying was really do as you, do, do as you would be done by. You uh, were, were saying, why, why not blank them? Why not get rid of them? Actually, why, why not? You wouldn't want to be blanked in the street. Why not simply, if you don't want to uh, talk to a charity f- uh, fundraiser in the street, simply say, no, thank you. I've decided on my charities, and this isn't one of them. Well, but, but yeah, Peter, he's easier said than done. Those well, people can be, can be uh, quite aggressive in, in their technique. And once you open up a dialogue with them, I've had them following me down the street. Well, Ian, if somebody follows you down the street, that's against the code of practice. It's got it's bad fundraising. It won't work. You're not going to sign up a direct debit. Well, I know, but so they're wasting a... their time. No, of course so not. But it's still you annoying. You can report them. You can report them. But no, no one's going to take the time to report them. They're annoying. They follow you down the street. They dance along. Good morning, sir. Oh, hello. You're off the TV. Oh, hello. It it is annoying. It is intrusive. Why can't I just Why can't I just go to Next and Boots and uh, M and S without being harassed? Well, I agree you ought not to be harassed, but I simply say, if you try with a smile, as you might to somebody with a clipboard doing some market research, no thanks, I really don't have time, I don't think uh, they will follow you down the street, because that's what people really hate. You think if somebody blanks you, you hate it, you get annoyed. If somebody gives you a smile, recognises that you're a human being, but says no, every person has a right to say no to a fundraiser. Equally, Equally, every fundraiser has a right, has a duty to for money because we're, we're here to change the world but but, uh, but i don't think that g- good line uh, and i don't necessarily buy into that because then they're, they're not the, the chuggers aren't there to change the world the chuggers are there to 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 earn their money aren't they but but street also can- street canvases are on salaries yeah so like a whole lot of other fundraisers they may be working for an agency increasingly they're working for the charities themselves there is a cost there but it, it you know it makes money but particularly they're... young people do sign up in the street they wouldn't do it charities wouldn't do it if it didn't work no i know obviously there are some suckers out there, but but the, these people who are collecting the money, they're not doing it because they necessarily believe in pandas or sick children. They're doing it because it's a job. Well, do you know you have to actually commit? You can't ask people for money without actually feeling some empathy they're, for they're it. They're Otherwise, again, you're a bad fundraiser and you won't succeed. But they're actors with a script and they're performing it. 
Well, I don't think they're actors with a script. They are working on behalf of the charities that they are, are um, uh, agencies for, and they will be doing that for some time. So they won't just learn a script, Ian. They will actually have a full briefing and a full training. Otherwise, they're not complying with the code of practice, and they're not good fundraisers. It won't work, and that agency will go out of business. Peter, final question. Obviously, it does work, and people do sign up to this. How important for charities are these chuggers? How, how much money can they make from it? Well, it, it is a very important part of the fundraising mix. As, as Barbara says, it's only part. But the key there is that it's young people who are very happy to talk in the street and sign up to a direct debit. And it brings in mm. people 18 to 35 that direct, uh, direct mar- other forces of advertising, um, direct marketing, simply don't reach those people. So people are signing up. Um, my own daughter signed a, a, a direct debit in the street years ago uh, as an impecunious student, and it's still running for the, for the RSPCA. So, you know, these things work, and yes, uh, tens of thousands of people are raised, are signed up and, and fundraise uh, for those uh, charities uh, and those causes every year. It, we, we are talking about a large sum of money, but it is only part of the fundraising mix. Peter, always good to talk to you. I enjoy your enthusiasm and your passion for it. That's Peter Maple, course director of the Charity Management Programme at London South Bank University. You've heard two sides there. Over to you. What do you think? 08459 555555. Am I being a little bit harsh? Do these chuggers uh, uh, have a, a place... Uh, in our society. Are you more than happy to sign up to them? We'll get your phone calls in a bit. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage starting to look heavy now. The M1 London bound slow between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 9 for Redbourne. Also got some slow traffic showing up between Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead and 6 for the M25. The M25 itself really slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. And we've also got some delays between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 7.18, it's uh, Thursday the 26th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Four homes were evacuated following a fire in Bletchley this morning when gas cylinders exploded in a garage. No one was injured. Firefighters were called to Turnbury Close at about 4.45. We'll be speaking to Justin Dealey very soon, who is at the scene. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. Chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlowe's shopping area two days a week. And police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman in Stony Stratford. Coming up, we'll be uh, talking more about the pond in Watford, but I'd love to get your calls on chuggers. We just heard there from a gentleman who's very passionate about them, Peter Maple. What do you think? Is he right? Are we being a little bit too harsh? Have you signed up to these chuggers? Or do you just think they are an annoyance, a nuisance and rude? 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio.
From this weekend, Sundays are changing here on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine, it's me, Tony Blackburn, with two hours of great soul music to ease you into your day. From 11, I'm here with my weekend kitchen where you can find inspiration for your Sunday lunch and beyond. From one, it's Shrink Wrapped with Toby Friedner and Dr. Chet Kang, where we'll discuss disability and mental health. A new flavour to Sundays starts this weekend here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, chuggers. You don't know what the term is. Charity muggers is where it comes from. It's those young people. They used to be beautiful. Not so much nowadays. Equal opportunities in it. Uh, and they have a clipboard, and they kind of dance alongside you in the street. That backwards walk. They do the backwards walk, don't they? Hello, miss. You're looking really smart today. Having a good one? Quite often I get the, uh, hello, sir. Oh, I know you. What are you from? What are you from? Yeah, uh, well, you, you know, if you, if, you don't, if you can't name me, I ain't going to stop and talk to you. Hello, madam. Five minutes to save the pandas. Oh, he's going to take longer than that, guys. Um, are you we being... about children? Children in poverty? That's another one. I've seen people tell them to, to um, well, F off. I wouldn't I do that. I should do that. No. I've done some crummy jobs and I know that it's probably... It would kill me to do that job. I, I, I well, As Peter says, I do the... Uh, I remember how hard... I gave out... Was, one, one of my jobs when I was at college was giving out leaflets to promote a hypnotism show. I remember seeing Wayne Sleep. Some common garden, and uh, I, I, I was all excited because it was Wayne Sleep, and of all people. And you thought he's showbiz; he'll love a show. Uh, and I went to offer him the flyer, and he made a point of giving me a dirty look and walking away. And I felt crushed, crushed by the light foot of Wayne Sleep. Can you imagine that? Um, so, you, uh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be rude to them. Uh, 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 although sometimes they have been overly rude to me, and I, I've, I've said, "Look, look, mate, you, this isn't working. Yeah. Jog on." I think if they persist, then yeah. they, they kind of deserve it. Phillips and Biggleswick. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say, sir? Well, I, I can't stand them, to be honest. They really did get on my nerves, you know, and they're so intimidating. Um, what I found the other day is I was in a supermarket in Gloucester, in Milton Keynes, and as I walked through the door, it was so narrow to try and get through these two guys with buckets. I said no, thank you, in a not a very nice manner, because I was fed up with uh, the, the closeness of, of them, and as I walked through, they said something behind my back. Oh. I turned around, I said, did you, what did you say? And they said, nothing, sir. And I, I just find them so intimidating. I mean, the worst line is, you know, as you were saying, you know, how has your day been so far? Well, none you know, of, none of your business, you. young man. <laughs> it's been really rubbish, you know. I've just been to see my mum in hospital. I've had a car crash, and now you're ruining it. But did, yeah, did, yeah. What, did you hear what they said, or did you just hear the, the murmur of discontent? No, it, it, it was a comment. It was definitely a comment. But one other thing, Ian, when you were um, talking to that guy just a minute ago, and you kept asking him how much these chuggers earn, yeah. I'd be very interested in what percentage they take. Yeah, I, I can't believe... And listen, I, I, who is it for me to doubt the word of Peter Maple? But I can't believe they're getting 12 old deers to stand out different bran- outside different branches of Argos, shaking a bucket. Co- that can't cost the same as employing a dozen no. young people to stand around all day. They're getting paid an hourly rate, aren't they? Exactly. I mean, how much is a bucket, for God's sake? You two, know, when two, you talk... Two when quid. You talk- when he's talking, yeah, exactly. When he's talking about costs, I mean, he's just justifying the charity. I mean, I give to three different charities every year, really good ones. I've given for years, 
and um, I, I like doing that. But when you get pressured in, it's just not on. Philip, may I ask you? And if it's an impersonal question, then tell me to uh, to naff off. What what yeah. do you what area do you work in? What kind of job do you do? I do security installations on CCTV and alarms. Okay, so, I, so I'm trying to think what other jobs. So I'm, I'm imagining you don't get much abuse on your job, do you? Um, very rare. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine what other jobs are more hated than chuggers, and I, I, I'm struggling to think. Well, obviously, traffic wardens comes number one. Tra- yeah, traffic wardens. Yeah, yeah. I'll put, uh, Philip, thank you very much. Can we put that out there? Which jobs are more hated than chuggers? Maybe you do a job. I mean, we get abuse. Journalist. Yeah, well, if, if you're in Egypt. <laughs> a little bit of satire there for the brothers. I'm not a journalist, but it's still despicable what happened there. Uh, I mean, I get abuse. I got a load of abuse. At the, I got a load of abuse at the weekend because I wasn't rude to a middle-aged woman on Big Brother. I got abuse for that. OK, guys, thanks. Thanks. Um, what, can we find the, 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 the most hated jobs in Britain? Maybe you do it. Maybe tax you get man. abuse. But taxman's not going to get abuse, though, are they? they do. From whom? People who haven't paid their taxes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five, please. The most hated jobs in Britain. Maybe you have one. If you have a job that warrants abuse, do let me know. Now, what was supposed to be the crowning glory of a multi-million pound makeover of Watford's town centre has uh, had to be repaired days after its official opening by retail guru, nay, the queen of shops, Mary Portas. The parade's new pond was supposed to be a cool, clear oasis for shoppers. Instead, it's been branded a cesspit by people on Twitter after the water turned green. Well, you heard earlier on from Matt Lockwood, our reporter, who's also a Watford resident and is furious uh, about it. We're going to speak now to Steve Dilks from the Friends of Watford Pond. Morning, Steve. Good morning. I have to ask, the Friends of Watford Pond, how, how, did, they, how did that group come about? Um, this was set up by my partner and myself initially um, in 2009 to uh, monitor the wildlife in there um, after we had a clutch of eggs that were stolen uh, that went missing from some ducks that were actually nesting in there. Oh, dear. And uh, we, we actually um, uh, had consultations and meetings with the mayor to kind of uh, help to try and promote the pond to stop people uh, feeding the ducks, throwing in bread, etc., etc., to make the water clearer and uh, just just to get some upkeep on it because there was no maintenance being done at that time. What are your concerns about the new pond, Steve? Uh, very much the same as they always were. Um, obviously, there's a problem now with the water, as has, has been mentioned. It's, it's green, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's actually algae. That's a refraction from the sunlight, and it's been an ongoing problem. The algae actually isn't harmful in itself. Um, obviously, it's not very pleasant to look at if, if it's a water feature, but you have to bear in mind that initially it was a pond, and ponds do have green, a uh, certain amount of green uh, water due to the refraction of sunlight. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of the pond now, and I can see the mm. famous heron. There are yes. concerns that people might try and ride the heron. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, the, the plinth that has been put in there is uh, for, uh, I think, for artistic features that they've put in there. And the heron, I'm actually looking at it myself on our site, um, it's a living plant. So you've got, you've got a, uh, a pipe that goes in through the back and it feeds the water. And well, it looks like it, it's going up its bum, doesn't it? 
Yeah, that's right, yeah. And um, I believe that there is supposed to, it's, it, it's a living plant. It's not actually that bad, but like you say, the main concern is that people are going to uh, vandalise it, destroy it. It's been done in the past when things have been put in the pond. Um, but, yeah, you've got some handy steps that can, can go down there where people can just sort of walk in, um, which is another concern. This has always been a concern since we were consulted on the plans. So you were consulted on the plans? Um, well, it's a matter of semantics. Um, we were told uh, what was going to happen. We weren't actually uh, consulted is, is, is kind right. of the wrong word. Uh, OK, so you were told this is what's happening. Yeah, L- live uh, they, with it. Do, they do these things, you know, uh, under the name of uh, consultation, but it's basically telling you what they're going to do. Um, yeah, and that was always a concern. Um, bird bird poop as well. Our reporter, Matt Lockwood, has complained mm. about bird poop around there. Um, well, I haven't actually seen any bird poop no. myself, but that, that is uh, obviously, if, you, if you're going to have wildlife there, you, you, you're going to have to deal with that as a matter of course. Um, it depends whether or not people of Watford want a pond or a water feature. If they want a pond, you have to put up with, with bird poop as a matter no. of, of course. If you want a water feature, then you will basically have what you will have here, but the water will be clear. And the only way you can make the water clear we have been told, is if you put chemicals in the water, like they do on golf courses, you know, when you've got an area of water, a large area of water, to make the water clear, it has to be chemically treated. Now, if you have wildlife in there, such as fish, which they want to put back in, you cannot have that treatment. Steve, is this not just a case of they've come up with a funky new design and Mm. you don't like it? Um, Well, yeah, I did. uh, It's... Um, again, uh, if you want a pond, you have to respect the wildlife that's in there. If you put a bridge across it and you do not put any think there to for where ducks can nest, more hens can nest, mm. which we had in there before, then you, you are actually getting rid of the wildlife. Yeah. If you want, if you want, a, if you want a water feature, fine. But say it's a water feature and yeah, and and. Yeah, Steve. But, finally, we, but, we we did ask to speak to the mayor of Watford, Dorothy, Dorothy Thornhill, yeah. uh, but yeah. we were told that she wasn't available. No one from the council was available to come on yeah. today. What do you make of that? Um, oh, I'm not surprised. Um, I do believe that they've had a lot of problems with the pond, and you, you'll be hard pressed to find anyone from the council at this time in the morning. To be honest with you, we we no, we, no, we normally get them. We normally get them. We, we've do had Dorothy on before. Oh, okay. It depends what, what, what the issue is, whether or not it's... I think this has been a bit of a, a source of contention for them, and um, because of the amount of teething problems they've had, yeah. it's come in um, very late. Uh, they filled it up, I think, in a bit of a rush to, to do the um, opening ceremony because they'd already had the Miss um, Portis woman booked. Right. So, you know, and I, I, I am aware that they did have some problems with some leakage. OK. Steve? Oh, Steve. Mm. Yeah, OK. Steve, thank you very much. I thought you dropped off for a second there. Steve, thank you very much. Steve Dilks from the Friends of Watford Pond. Going to have a look at Facebook, have your say. Maybe you know it. Maybe you've seen it. You were there for the opening with Ms Portas. What do you think? Wonderful new structure for Watford or, well, just a load of old junk? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Kings Langley, on the speed sensors, the A41 starting to queue as you head towards the M25 at the moment. And then the M25 itself, anti-clockwise, very heavy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Also delays between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. The M1 London bound struggling between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne and things looking heavy on the A1M around Junction 7 for Stevenage. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yup, Glossop! Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Four homes were evacuated following a fire in Bletchley this morning when gas cylinders exploded in a garage. No one was injured. Firefighters were called to Turnbury Close at about 4.45. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. So-called chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlow shopping area two days a week. Police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman in Stony Stratford. The new details of the sexual abuse carried out by Jimmy Savile will be revealed today when reports are published on his activities at NHS hospitals, but a report into Stoke Mandeville Hospital in Buckinghamshire has been delayed until the autumn. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Football's world governing body FIFA has told the BBC a decision about the Uruguayan Liverpool striker Luis Suarez should be made within the next 24 hours following Tuesday's apparent World Cup biting incident. On the field, two goals from Lionel Messi helped Argentina to a 3-2 win over Nigeria. Both teams go through. Argentina and Manchester City fullback Pablo Zabaleta says Messi will be key to their hopes. We know Messi is our main player, he's our captain. He means everything for this team and uh, obviously everyone who football around the world is uh, enjoying watching Messi playing in football. France drew 0-0 with Ecuador last night but won their group with Switzerland second after beating Honduras 3-0. France will play Nigeria, Argentina will face Switzerland in the last 16. This afternoon a draw for Germany against the USA would send both through. Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal face Ghana needing a miracle to progress. At Wimbledon wins yesterday for Andy Murray and Novak Djokovic. Murray dropped just two games but knows there are tougher encounters ahead. You're going to get tested during the tournament. Sometimes that happens in the first round and sometimes it can happen semi-finals or it can happen at any moment in the tournament. You just have to be ready for, for it and expect it before every single match. Today, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer are in second round action. British number one Heather Watson is also on centre court. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. This morning we're asking about chuggers. Do you hate them? Do you love them? Can we find somebody who has been... These are the two people I want, Okay, Somebody who is or has been a chugger, please. 08459 455 555. And somebody who has signed up to a chugger, been approached in the street for cancer or kids or animals or whatever it is, and has gone, yeah, I'm up for that. I've noticed, and I've seen people giving their bank details over, I've noticed they tend to be um, foreign tourists. Have you spotted that? Mm. They tend to be foreign tourists who may think, hey, this is some quaint English custom. I got done that way in Paris when I was new. 
You got done in Paris? Yeah. Wow. Walking down the Champs-Élysées. There we go. Someone asked me if I wanted to help children with AIDS. Who's going to say no to you that? You can't say no to children with AIDS. They ended up uh, dipping into my purse. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I opened my purse to give them some money. And they said, the more you give, the more it helps. Wow. The more children with AIDS you can and save. I've given them my address as well, so... They've got a list of suckers. Oh, dearie me. 08459 455 555. And also the most hated jobs. Are there? Do you do a job that is more hated than chugging? I'd, I'd be surprised. There must be some out there. 08459 455 555. Now, we've been getting reports this morning of uh, some kind of explosion in Bletchley. Justin Dealey rushed down there as soon as he could. Justin, you're in Turnbury Close. That's right. What's happening? Well, I'm here with uh, Ian Wilson, who's the uh, station manager. Ian, thanks for joining us live on the programme. Um, tell us what happened this morning and, uh, and what time crews arrived here. Our crews arrived at about quarter to five this morning and they were faced with a very serious fire at the rear of some properties in Turnbury Close in Bletchley. Um, in addition to that there had been a, a massive explosion and repeated explosions after that. So they were faced with uh, a great deal of people out in the street, early hours of the morning, serious fire which was around the rear of the property so they couldn't see it, and uh, explosions. So. The scene of chaos then, and um, the fire you're talking about, is that fire now uh, out here in Bletchley? Yes, the fire's been extinguished. Um, we were defensive for a while because we were worried about the danger of explosions um, hurting people and uh, obviously ourselves. So we, uh, we acted defensively. So we, we stayed in the street, um, um, pointing our jets onto the fire, and then as soon as we were uh, happy that the cylinders were no longer going to explode, we advanced and uh, extinguished the fire and, um, uh, and, and examined the buildings um, for damage. Four homes have been affected by this explosion. Just uh, how badly damaged are those properties? They're, they're very seriously damaged. The, the garage at the rear of the properties is completely destroyed. It's blown apart. The two properties uh, just in front of the garage are severely damaged at the rear. Internal doors have been blown off their hinges. That's, that's how um, powerful the explosion is. And uh, two houses either side um, also seriously damaged. So you've got 50% of each of those four houses, 50% of their roofs have been destroyed. Sounds absolutely terrifying. We're also hearing that people have been taken to hospital. Can you confirm that for us? Yes, luckily no one's seriously injured. Um, there's two, two elderly residents who were uh, taken to, to hospital with minor injuries. A couple of final points for you. Um, the, the damage was caused here by gas cylinders. What's your advice to anybody listening to this right now who is storing gas cylinders? Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people who store gas cylinders for domestic use and um, probably commercial use as well in, within, their, within their properties. Certainly never, never store them within a house and we advise not to store in garages or sheds. So they should be kept externally, in, uh, preferably in caged areas, so that um, if there is a fire, um, we, we don't get the situation we've got this morning. As you mentioned, the fire's out. Um, some people back into their properties already. Just lastly, what's the, uh, the plan of action uh, from now, moving forward? Okay, we're we're in the um, we're in the the, the wind down stage, if you like. So what we're doing is um, any hot spots that are occurring in the fire in the roof, um, we're we're hitting those, and um, uh, we, we we call it turning down and damping over. So we're we're making sure the fire is absolutely out. We're removing tiles, any any sort of hazard that could fall from the roof, and making the the, prep, the properties and the area safe, and then we'll be out there. 
Appreciate your time. Thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Station Manager Ian Wilson joining us live on the programme. Ian, what I'll do uh, between now and the end of the show, um, four properties affected, um, yeah. some people back into their homes already. Uh, we'll try and speak to those residents at some point between now and nine on the show. Great stuff, Justin. Can you see the damage? Not at this particular moment. Ian, in a second, is going to take me round there and okay. show me the damage. And uh, I think what we'll do, we'll try and get some pictures. And I think there's a message to be learned from this, uh, as Ian was saying there, about storing gas cylinders. Yeah. Um, the damage quite extensive, but um, I'll be taken round there in the next five minutes or so. Justin, thank you very much. We'll speak to you later on. Let us know when uh, you've got a description of what's going on. 08459 555555. Catherine? Yep, Justin Dealey doing the business for us this Do morning. Justin Dealey doing the business. Do He's taking it to the street. Uh, Jamie's in Luton. Good morning, Jamie. Morning. Jamie, uh, we're trying to find a job that is more hated, more loathed, more despised than the chuggers, the charity muggers. Have you, uh, do you do one? I don't do one, no, but um, debt collectors are. Uh, what, like the bailiffs and stuff? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah I, um, I suppose they are. I suppose they would. Have you ever had cause to have the debt collectors come round? No, what happened was we, when we moved into our house three years ago, obviously the people that owned it, they took a loan out on a car. Um, and the, loan, the loan must have been secured against the car. Mm. And um, for five or six months, these people were banging our door. Oh, they came to the door thinking that, that you were that person? Yeah, even though we proved we wasn't, they just wouldn't, they just wouldn't sort of like, you know, give in. And they just kept coming and coming and... and Every time that they visited, I think the bill went up another 100 to £150. Oh, blimey. You must, that must have been quite um, scary. It was for my wife at the time, yes, because she was there on her own when they, first, when they first knocked, and they said they were going to take stuff out of the house. And also, I don't, I don't, I know uh, uh, JVS knows more about this than me, I don't know what the rules are particularly around this. And, 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 and if they had gotten in the house, I guess they could have started taking stuff, couldn't they? Well, yeah, when he put his foot in the doorway, she, so she, she couldn't shut the door. Oh, oh, that's terrible. Did you get it sorted in the end? Uh, finally, yeah, the bloke lived three doors away. <laughs> 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 he must have been looking out the window every time, thinking, oh, they're going to get that sucker, Jamie and his missus. <laughs> so they, they got him in the end? Uh, as far as I know, they did, yeah, but it took us, like, six months to get our names clear from it. Even though my name's not Mr Gamfrey, but <laughs> he was the man. <laughs> Jamie, listen, mate, thank you very much indeed. You've reminded me. Of I'm in a similar situation to Jamie. Similar. Mm. We've been in our house about a year and a half now. And um, we get... You all right, Matt? Yeah, good. Coffee? What? Coffee? You feeling all right? Do you, want a, do you want a coffee? I'd love a coffee, mate. I'll get you a coffee. Okay. Who's that? What's he done with Matt? What's going on? Robot Matt. Yeah, what's his name? What's, what's... Your allegations against me this morning are unfounded. Uh, I make coffees in the office, not always for you. So yeah. that's that's what that's how it is. He's wagging the finger of truth. The finger of truth is pointing. He's okay. Thank you. I'll have no sugar in this one, please. Mm. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so we've been in our house for about eighteen months, and we have two things going on. One is we are getting big bills for somebody who, as far as we are aware, has never lived there. Big bills. Tax bills. We had a tax bill for him the other day. Uh, Big bills. Um, And we're also getting phone calls. At what point did you open them? Because this happened to me. I started getting letters and I I sent them on, I redirected them, and then I thought... I'm a bit worried by these, so I opened them and I found out that they, someone was chasing him for money. Oh, as soon as I they no came. I had no idea who this fellow was. As soon as they came, because many years ago, uh, when I lived with a friend, we lived in a flat uh, with a landlord who was the biggest dodgepot I've ever met in my life, OK? He claimed he was friends with Brad Pitt. Oh, right, yeah, of course you are. 
Uh, and then we used to pay by direct debit to his wife. And then, oh, sadly, his wife died. Uh, and that was sad. And he turned up and he said, I'm really sorry my wife's died. Can, can I start getting the rent in cash? Oh. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm really sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course you can. We can sort that. Not a problem at all. So he came round, got his rent in cash, and um, it was all a bit sad. And then he went outside, and we watched as he jumped into a convertible car with two really hot women and drove off. Uh, and we were getting bills for him, and we thought, well, I'm going to open these. And they were, um, you have not paid your mortgage for 18 months. We are going to send the bailiffs round to take your... And me and my friend, we did a moonlight flit, and we disappeared from that property. Anyway, so I started opening these letters very early. So we're getting letters sent asking for this guy's tax. He owes about £30,000 in tax and various other bills. And then we get phone calls as well from debt. Can we speak to, uh, this is the IMP, Debt mm-hmm. Collection Agency. Yep. Can we speak to Mr Johnson, reference number? And we've, we've had these constantly. And I keep phoning them up. It's different agencies. I keep phoning them up. And this is great. This is a great ruse if you're a faker. Can, yes, is that Mr Johnson I'm speaking to? No, he doesn't live here. I've never heard of him. OK, we'll take your number off the list. It's all it takes. Uh, but then we keep getting more yeah, phone calls from them. Another, them someone else. and it's like, what? Well, what can I do? I was getting them to my mobile phone. Hello, is that Terry? No, does it sound like Terry? I, I've told you before. Okay, sorry, we'll take you off the list, and then I get. They don't take you off the list. And you can trace these um, debt collection agencies, and they're all in the same area. Oh, man they're all life. in the same office. They're sitting next to each other. Oh man, alive! Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Daniel's from Aylesbury. Morning, Daniel. Morning, Ian. What's, what's your technique for defeating the evil chuggers? You have to lie to them. Ooh. You smile, thump your fist on your chest and say, I already subscribe. That's all you need to do. But d- d- describe the motion again. You thump your fist on the chest and you have to say, you know, <laughs> brothership, comradeship, I already subscribe. <laughs> and do they buy that? They do. Oh, Daniel. I love the fact it's not just it, it's it's not just a verbal lie, it's a physical lie. You're actually adding gravitas to it and and uh, empathy. That's wonderful. There we go. You you feel a little bit bad, but then they're annoying. So and, you have to get rid of them somehow and, and it does work. And you've saved a few quid. Uh, yes. Daniel, thank you very much indeed. Your techniques for beating the chuggers is there a worse job? And if you have been or are a chugger, I'd love to hear from you. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the London Coney roundabout, on the speed sensors, the North Orbital approach is looking very heavy at the moment. The A1M southbound also struggling around Junction Seven for Stevenage. On the speed sensors, the M1 London bound, heavy going between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. Also, the approaches to the Kidneywood roundabout looking congested. The M25 anti-clockwise, heavy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. We've also got queues between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Have you ever ridden a heron? Call me now, 08459 455 555. 7.46, it's Thursday the 26th of June. Sing Hosannas. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Four homes were evacuated following a fire in Bletchley this morning when gas cylinders exploded in a garage. Two elderly residents have been taken to hospital with minor injuries. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. Chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlow shopping area two days a week. 
And police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman in Stony Stratford. 7.46, let's get the latest weather now. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much indeed. A nice day in prospect today. We've got some really lovely sunshine developing across Buckinghamshire right now and uh, stretching up towards Hertfordshire too. A bit more cloud around Bedfordshire, but that's just uh, the way of it just now. What's going to happen through the day today is we're going to see some good bright or sunny spells through much of the day and a top temperature in the best of that of 20 Celsius, 68 in Fahrenheit. But we do have some change heading towards us in the form of some showers late this evening in from the southwest and with us through the night. By tomorrow morning, a lot of dry weather, but again, uh, not long after breakfast time, we'll see their showers really kicking off again. And in fact, uh, we'll continue with them through the afternoon. They're trying to clear off towards the north. Uh, you'd be a bit too clever, though, I think, to say that they are largely going to clear away. So uh, good spells of sunshine between the showers tomorrow afternoon, but cater for showers. And then Saturday should be fairly showery too. Sunday, the better day of the weekend, perhaps the risk of a shower, but most places staying dry. Temperatures in the high teens typically through the weekend. Uh, so in any drier weather, it should feel quite pleasant but Saturday is a day where we'll continue with those showers uh, and then on Monday we'll be talking about showers once more and that's your forecast. Thanks dude! Thanks very much indeed. Hello. Nick Coffer across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind you, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited, in fact they may never have heard of and also they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm just trying to find the... uh... Matt on the Telegraph, he's got it. He lost it yesterday, he lost it. Today, he got it back, he got his mojo back, man. Okay, go on. This is brilliant. This is genuinely brilliant. Not only because he's drawn it, but he thought of it. Mm-hmm. Tennis. You can tell it's tennis because there is, uh, you can see uh, about a third of a tennis net. You can see the handle that winds the tennis net up. By the way, at what point in the next two weeks are we going to um, uh, hear about the unsung heroes of uh, Wimbledon, the, te- the ball boys and girls? Every year, the unsung heroes of Wimbledon. Well, actually, I've just seen uh, one of the Williams sisters hurtling into the crowd, so whoever took that one is an unsung Ooh, hero. Oh, I'm just taking a hit from a Williams. Anyway, so it's a mat... It's uh, it's uh, tennis. It's Wimbledon. She went barrelling into them. Yeah, I bet she did. I bet she's uh, uh, oh, just stopped myself just in time there. Thank you. Hurry what? up, because we've got Albert waiting, I'll and then have... we've got Sirius. What, what are you doing? Oh no! Don't sit down. <laughs> I've brought you a proper tray. So um, uh, this rounded, this square cup is for Catherine. So you can have this. Okay. Uh, can we talk a... to Albert quick. She... Go on then. Uh, um, Albert, hang on a second. I'm just dealing with Matt. All right, mate. To talk to Albert and I'll make you a cup of coffee. Is there a water shortage? There's a water shortage and a milk shortage and a sugar shortage. No, there's not milk shortage. I couldn't find the milk. There's milk in there. It's got got a B written on it. How is it BB? B for breakfast. All the way round B. There's two B. There's a few Bs. Right, normally you have just breakfast on there. Not being funny. Right, Catherine and Matt, 
Matt, why are you doing this in my studio when you could do it in Catherine's studio? Or I'd know in the I kitchen. I don't want him in here. I don't want... Yeah. I'm trying to do a flipping radio show. Well, I've got Albert on the line. Sorry, Albert. Well, carry on with That's Albert, right, then. Mate. Carry on with Albert. All right, then. I'll carry on with Albert. Albert, what would you like to say? Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Albert. I would just like to say, I have signed up to these things. People who don't are a bit heartless, in, th- in my in my opinion. Matt. Sugar? Yeah. I'll have one sugar. Oh, all right. yeah. Sorry, Albert. Sorry, Albert. Good grief. So people who don't sign up to chuggers are heartless. Tell me why. Well, they're raising money for a good cause, but I understand people have only got so much money, and what annoys me about them is that the yeah. young people who collect, they're all so young and good-looking, aren't they? Thank you, Matt. No problem. As the lady said earlier, yeah. they've got nothing to do with the charity. Yeah. So what I'd like to see is oh. people representative of the charity. Okay. Right? Yes. So World Wildlife Fund, for example, yes. get yourself out there with a panda. Chain it to a post if necessary. Get it out there so people can pet it, feed it some bamboo, that kind of thing. If you're collecting for the old people, get them out there in their bath chairs. Are you going to chain them up? See what they're like. We'll chain the old people up if necessary, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of sympathy, it's playing on the heartstrings. Yeah. You know, I would quite happily join the Friends of Watford Pond if they get Mary Portis out there with her seepage. I would quite happily give her some money. I'd sign up, wouldn't you? Hello? I probably would sign up to the Friends of Watford Pond if they had Mary, Mary Portis there chained up, yes. Exactly. How could you not? It's cruel not to, Ian. Albert, thank you very much for your... You you don't think that the chuggers are overly aggressive sometimes? Well, some of them are. One of them had me in an arm lock once, but I did give him some money in the end. But it was for a very, very good cause. Well, that's... It was for... Children with diphtheria. Okay, well, Albert, that's great news. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. So, oh, we'll do Matt in a minute. We'll do Matt in a little bit. It's, it, he's got it today. It's a cracking cartoon. Um, 08459 555 555. We'll have uh, Ben, we'll have uh, Albert in the podcast if you'd be so kind, please. Thank you very much. Now, new details will be revealed today of the extent, extent of Jimmy Savile's sexual abuse on NHS premises. The main focus will be on the investigations carried out at hospitals where Savile had extensive access. The Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, is also expected to apologise in the Commons over the DJ and broadcaster's actions. Well, our reporter, Frankie McCamley, has got more on this. Morning, Frankie. What are we expecting? Good morning. Well, we will be seeing a series of reports covering 28 NHS hospitals. In these, we understand more than 100 people have come forward to these inquiries saying they were either sexually assaulted or treated inappropriately by the presenter. Now, most of the focus is going to be on the investigations at Leeds General Infirmary in Savile's home city and at Broadmoor Psychiatric Hospital where he was given extensive access. But just to give you a scale across the UK of the hospitals that have been looked into. I mean, they range from Exeter Hospital to Cardiff Royal Infirmary to Whitby Memorial Hospital in North Yorkshire, as well as here we've got Stoke Mandeville Hospital and Leavesden Hospital. What are these reports likely to say? 
Well, what they're expected to do is identify these opportunities that were missed for Savile's offending to be confronted over this huge period of more than 50 years. And that's going to be followed by an apology expected to come from the Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, in the Commons. Now, these reports, they all came out after the Metropolitan Police got all of their material together, passed it to the Department of Health, who then passed it on to their hospital trusts to investigate. Now, we do understand 35 hospitals or homes which had links with Savile are being looked into. So some of them at the moment, we believe, uh, have found nothing, but other investigations into other hospitals, like the one in this area, have been put on hold. So this is not the end then? No, absolutely not. I mean, we've got uh, key reports, uh, especially into uh, Stoke Mandeville Hospital. That's been delayed. Uh, that's because new information's come into light. So we don't know yet uh, when this information will be released. But we do understand that this investigation's been shelved until later on in the year. Now, we do know that Jimmy Savile had a bedroom here. It was where his charitable trust was based. That's now been closed. Elsewhere, we've got others that have been delayed two that have only just begun but we can't forget that this is just the start of the investigation we already saw a report from the NSPCC earlier this month that said Savile had abused nearly 500 victims some as young as two and let's hear from Liz Ducks who is a solicitor representing some of them because he was such an important fundraiser for the organisation and in some cases people were literally laughed off by members of staff and these were children some of whom did try and tell their parents and their parents just could not believe that someone as famous as Savile would have behaved in this way. And in January last year, we had more reports, one again from the NSPCC with the Metropolitan Police, who found that Savile was a prolific predatory sex offender. And maybe the most damning of them all was from the Crown Prosecution Service that said that Savile could have been prosecuted back in 2009 if these victims had been taken more seriously. Frankie McCamley, thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Peter's in Walmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What would you like to have a whinge about today, sir? Well, you're talking about chuggers. Yeah, yeah. Do you love well, them or hate I, them? I stopped, I stopped contributing to charities after I retired because yeah. my income was fixed, so yeah. I, I stopped. But... There are other things that I, I find nearly as bad. I mean, when you come to the, when you come to go out of a checkout, yeah, I hate these people to sit there or stand there with buckets because you, it always makes you feel guilty that you're you're not contributing, and that's wrong. You can't you can't hate the old dears that have got buckets that they're shaking buckets no, for cats. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about these. People from sports clubs, from this, that, oh. the other. Well, that's a, do you not put a few coppers in? No. Not even tuppence? I don't even c- encourage them. I'm not, it's a bit I'm tight, not, Peter. I'm not stingy. I'm well, but you, you, stingy. Won't put, you won't put thruppence in a bin? Why? Well... they got mums and dads. That's how I used to pay it. Yeah. So what, <laughs> what are they collecting for then, Peter? I, I used to run a junior football team for youngsters oh, yeah. in the village yeah. years ago. Yeah. And... Uh, it cost me a fortune buying bits and pieces from my van used to be covered in mud oh. from their football boots. Muddy van, yeah. And I used to clean it all out. Good for you. So I'd done my and bit. And you, you never shook a bucket? 
upon. No, definitely not. We should, we paid for our own things, and why should yep. other people pay for someone else's pleasure? Pe- well, that's <laughs> a great way of looking at it. Peter, finally, I don't know if you heard Albert earlier on, he was saying if you don't um, give money to these people with the buckets or the chuggers, well, then you're tight and you're heartless. Peter, are, are you tight? Are you heartless? <laughs> not at all, not at all. In fact, I do laugh, laugh a lot more than you believe, actually. I've, I don't believe you laugh well, at all. You, if I, if I invite you down to my bowls club with a group of lads, I, or lads I call them, they're older than me, some of them. Crikey. Uh, and uh, I, I, we, we have roll-up sessions and, <laughs> and we have a great laugh. What, what's a roll-up session? Bowl, with, with bowls, Ow. it's for you call it just casual bowls, really. Yeah. You, see, you like casual bowls? Uh, yeah, and matches we play. Okay. Well, P- Peter, do you know what? Maybe one day we might take you up on that offer. Well, Hatfield Bowls Club is a private club oh. uh, in College Lane, yeah. right near the entrance to the... Uh, university. Peter, thank you very much. Those are the very specific directions we've got there. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had an update from Jules in East Hyde. The lower Harpenden Road is slow going around Fars Lane because there are temporary traffic lights there for roadworks. And also a call from Ian going between Shepherd and Henlow on the A505. This is as you head towards the A1. A skip lorry has broken down along that stretch just before you reach the junction with Hitchin Road. Very slow going through that section all the way back from the Ampt Hill Road. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Coming up in the next hour of the show, Chuggers, can we find someone who has been or is a chugger? Do you contribute to them? And can we find a job that's more hated than the people who collect money in the streets? We'll find out after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, the headlines. Homes evacuated after Bletchley explosions, clamp down on street fundraisers in Hemel Hempstead and problems with Watford's town centre pond. BBC Three Counties Radio. Four homes were evacuated following a fire in Bletchley this morning when gas cylinders exploded in a garage. Two elderly residents have been taken to hospital with minor injuries. Firefighters were called to Turnbury Close at about 4.45. Station manager Ian Wilson says crews faced a dangerous situation. There had been a, a massive massive explosion and repeated explosions after that. So they were faced with uh, a great deal of people out in the street, early hours of the morning, serious fire which was around the rear of the property so they couldn't see it, and uh, explosions. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. So-called chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlowe shopping area two days a week. Peter Maple is director of the Charity Management Programme at London's South Bank University. Every person has a right to say no to a fundraiser. You're right. Equally, equally, every fundraiser has a right, has a duty to ask for money because we're, we're here to change the world. Police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman. The body of the 82-year-old was discovered on Tuesday lunchtime at a house in Latimer in Stony Stratford. The 48-year-old man was released yesterday evening. Police say the death is still unexplained but will be handed over to the coroner. New details of the sexual abuse carried out by Jimmy Savile will be revealed today when reports are published on his activities at NHS hospitals. A report into Stoke Mandeville Hospital in Buckingham 
Buckinghamshire has been delayed until the autumn, but Hertfordshire's Leavesden Mental Hospital, which closed in 1995, is expected to be included today. The head teacher of a Hertfordshire school has paid tribute to a former nursery worker who's died in a road crash in Turkey. 53-year-old Valerie Alton from Stevenage had worked at St Christopher School in Letchworth for 18 years. Head Richard Palmer says she was a much-loved and respected friend, teacher and colleague. Her friend Alison Conroy from Welling Garden City was also killed in Sunday's crash. A new pond in Watford Town Centre has had to be repaired just days after it was officially opened by TV presenter Mary Portas. The council admits to teething problems with the water feature, the centrepiece of a multi-million pound makeover of the parade. Steve Dilks is from Friends of Watford Pond. The teething problems are the same as the problems that they had before this pond was actually restructured. We know what's best, but they don't know the groundwork, they don't know the structure, they don't know the, the pipes, the problems with the water, the plants that in there. It is all about decoration and show. In sport, football's world governing body FIFA has told the BBC a decision about the Uruguayan Liverpool striker Luis Suarez should be made within the next 24 hours following Tuesday's apparent World Cup biting incident. The weather fine and dry with sunny spells, a maximum temperature 20 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. If I walk up and down the street, I'm I'm often seeing people I know. Quiet country living in a really convenient location. And all this week, we're featuring Wellin and Digswell. It's a great village to live. It's got a a, a real family feel about it. It's all about where you live. People are proud to be in Wellin. It's, It's a nice place to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up between now and nine o'clock, we'll have the latest on the Bletchley Fire. We're also talking about chuggers, good or bad. I've got a really interesting email about Jimmy Savile as well, which I'm going to read in a sec. I'm keen to get your thoughts on it. I think I know what mine are, but... I'm keen to get your thoughts. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I've listened to this, Kath. This is from Ken. We're talking about Jimmy Savile. Um, Ken in Redbourne says, I'm no supporter of the guy, but as not a single allegation has been or will ever be tried in court, the media should forever use the term alleged in reference to them. It's interesting, isn't it? The reason we don't need... Well, OK, you can't libel the dead. So I could, you know, I could say anything I wanted about Jimmy Savile or anybody who's dead, and I can't libel them. If I defame the estate, then that, that's kind of a slightly different thing, and, and then the, the, the estate could possibly sue me for um, defamation. I don't think they could sue me for libel. Maybe defamation. I'm not sure about the intricacies of that. But you can't libel the dead. So we don't need to use the word alleged. That's often used to protect us more than it is to protect the other person. But also, there's no doubt he was a paedophile, is there? There's no doubt that he abused at least some of these people that have come forward. Witnesses have come forward now, haven't they? And does it need to be... It's, it, again, it's, it's confusing my head. Does it need to go through a court of law for it to become fact that it happened? Obviously, it can't necessarily go through a court. If Savile, the alive, it does, yes. Yeah, of course. But Savile can't go through a court of law. I guess these cases could go to a civil court, perhaps. And the wider thing about this is that these people have been ignored, some of them yep. actually ignored or dismissed for years and years. And the whole point of this is now we listen to the victims. 
So are you saying that we should tell them that they've had their t- chance while he was alive and they should just lock it away well, forever? Well, the argument will be, the argument not necessarily from Ken, but from people will be and will be again, has been and will be. Uh, why didn't these people come forward? They did, some of them. Some of them did. And also, hey, do you know what? If you've been abused, it's all about power and shame. And uh, shame is a, a great way of shutting someone up. If someone is full of shame, they won't come forward until they feel uh, they're either in too much pain or they feel empowered to come forward. Uh, and the other argument would be, oh, they're just jumping on the bandwagon. Imagine jumping on the sexual abuse bandwagon. Wow, what a crazy bandwagon that is to want to be jumping on. Uh, I'm going to put that out there. It's not going to change the way I refer to Jimmy Savile, but I'm interested to get your thoughts. Let me just read this email from Ken again, and then give me a call. I'm no supporter of Savile, but not as, as not a single allegation has been or will ever be tried in court. The media should forever use the term alleged in reference to him. 08459 455 555. Is Ken right or wrong? Simple question. We just put that out there because um, I'd be keen to get your thoughts on that. Um, right, let's get the uh, latest on what's happening uh, in Bletchley. Justin Dealey has been at the scene of an explosion which happened in the early hours of this morning. Uh, Justin, it happened in Turnbury Close, and I mm. believe the firefighters have been showing you around the scene. Is that right? They have. Happened uh, just before five o'clock this morning. Uh, we, we spoke to uh, the commander around, what, 35 minutes ago. The fire is now out here, but, but in the last few minutes, in they've taken me around to the affected properties, four properties affected, and I've got to be honest with you, um, it's a scene of absolute devastation. I am Gosh. shocked at what I have seen in the last few minutes here. I've spoken to uh, Pauline. She lives in one of those four affected properties, and this is what she told me. Well, somebody said it was five ish. There's such a loud explosion, I couldn't think what it was. So I was fast asleep. Then about 10 minutes later, there was another one. So I thought I'd better get up and get dressed and see what's going on. Mm. And I came out and I just saw all the debris and the like. I mean, your back garden is just full of rubble now. You've got damage to your roof as well. Yeah. Looking at the damage here, I, I was shocked when I got taken round to, to the back gardens. It's quite a miracle that, that nobody's been killed here, isn't it, really? I think we all got out quick enough because I, I was just getting dressed and somebody hammered on the door, get out, we thought, gas explosion, so we just got, we went down the end there, you know, sort of to get away from whatever else was going to explode. Mm. I mean, the whole experience, I think you're still in shock right now, so I'll ask you one final question, but, but the whole experience must have been utterly terrifying for you. It was. I've just never heard, I can still hear it in my head, the, the, the explosion. And like I say, I wandered down there. My son-in-law, who lives just along the way, he appeared and took me home with him. Mm. Sat there shaking and made me a coffee. And well, listen, I'll, I'll leave you in peace. Thank you very much indeed, and, and best of luck. Thank you. So that was Pauline there, one of the uh, affected neighbours. Four homes affected here. The gas cylinders exploded in uh, the garage of somebody's back garden. Uh, the, the fire investigation team currently here, not quite sure if it was a fire first and then the cylinders went up or it was purely an explosion. But as I mentioned, investigations will continue here. But from what I've seen this morning, and again, we should put those pictures on, on social well. media very soon, it is an absolute miracle, Ian, that nobody has been killed we here. Are, uh, we're putting the pictures up on Facebook. Facebook now. It'll be up in a minute or two. Kath just sent me the pictures. 
Flipping heck. Mm, absolutely. That's inc- I wasn't expecting that. That's no, incredible. Neither was I. Because, incredible. Uh, when Ian Wilson took me round, um, I, I just, well, I was in absolute shock because we've got four properties and uh, the back gardens of those four properties, you cannot see any grass. Wow. It's pure rubble. Uh, the garage, which was in the back garden where the explosion happened, uh, that's been completely destroyed. Uh, that also caused a car fire. So the car from that property, that's been destroyed as well. Um, a number of the doors inside those properties, they've been blown off their hinges. Uh, people here in absolute shock. I bet um, and as again, I'll say it again, it really is. And when people see those pictures, uh, again, they, I'm sure they'll agree that it's a miracle that nobody's been killed here. Justin, great stuff. Thank you very much. We, the, the pictures will be up on Facebook in the next two minutes or so. Go and have a look. Uh, it's, it's incredible. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that. Just from some gas canisters in a garage. Wow. Deary me. 08459 455 555. Hemel is cracking down on chuggers in a move which could set back charities who rely on persuading shoppers to sign up for direct debits. From now on, you'll only have to run away from them for two days a week in the Marlowe Shopping Centre. Well, Peter Quinn joins me now and runs a Ban Chuggers blogspot, banchuggers.blogspot.com, as well as his own charity. Morning, Peter. Good morning. Peter, what's your beef with chuggers? Well, uh, I'm a volunteer, and I started volunteering as I had cancer. And I was just as naive as the other man in the street about uh, chugging, which is uh, charity mugging, it's short for. And um, I thought these people in the streets wearing the charity T-shirts were actually charity volunteers like me. And I was really shocked when I found out that they're not at all anything uh, as they seem. These people are taking uh, the first £100 out of every donation, which I was amazed when I found this out. And anyone who can go on the internet and uh, see uh, the information about it, and there's a wonderful programme on BBC Newsnight, which is still available on the internet, that you can go and watch. And in that, uh, charities themselves admit that they're paying around £136 for each donor. And this comes out of your donation. I mean, if, if, if you were stopped in the street and you were told, I'm going to take £136 out of your donation, would you donate? Uh, but it, it must work, Peter. They must make more money. Uh, the, the, the charities must make more money than, than they pay out to these people. Uh, yeah, they'll probably get a percentage out of it. And I, I do think they're very keen on building databases. That seems to be the new thing. Yep. I mean, if you die, you'll leave your money to the charity and they've got you on their database. So there are, di- there are different reasons why people are collecting your details in the street. But my, my advice to anybody is, if you want to give to a charity, go direct to the charity. Do not give it to the middleman, the guy in the street that's taking the money. I suppose um, we're so busy these days, Peter, getting on with our lives that we can often forget to be generous to those less fortunate than us, whether it be humans or animals. And seeing these people in the street can perhaps prick our conscience and and remind us that, you know, we do have a civic duty to help others. Yes, I I do agree with you. We do have a civic duty. But is this the way to do it? I mean, we should be encouraging volunteers rather than having paid professionals on £12 an hour plus commission plus expenses, then their boss is on a lot more than them. This industry, if you work out the figures, um, at £136 per donor, and they're, they're signing up three quarters of a million people every year. This industry, and it is an industry, 
is worth well over £100 million. Pounds. It's a big business. Well, it is business, isn't it, Peter? And, and people do get paid in charities. We hear of these CEOs of charities who get hundreds of thousands of pounds salary. Uh, are you saying that that's wrong? No, no. I'm not, I'm not arguing about that. I'm here to talk about awareness. And I feel, feel that people in the street... I mean, you ask your listeners, do they know that a lot of the money that they give when they're stopped in the street by sugar, a lot of the money they give, is going straight to the sugar. Do they know that? I mean, I think people need to make an informed decision. If you look at the Christmas card, it says on the back, 15% of this Christmas card goes to the charity, or or, seven, or 95% goes to the charity. You can make an informed decision. Do you but think that maybe they need to do that? When, when you sign up with a chugger, Peter, they should say, look, but just before you give me your bank details, I should let you know that 20% of what you give will, will go into my back pocket. Would, would that make things more favourable? Uh, it would, but it's a lot more than 20%. What percentage I mean, is it, do you BBC think? The Moneybox has suggested, I think this is extreme, that 90% goes to the children. Right, but not in all cases, in, in extreme cases. Should, should yeah, we... Well, if you, look at, if you look at the Chugger's website, they admit that it takes two years before any of your donations oh, get anywhere near the charitable. Should we ban them completely, Peter? I mean, Hamill's uh, banning them for... D- d- you can only come up two days a week. Should we get rid of them completely? like progression, harassment into charity work, and these have no place in charity work. Charity work should be an enjoyable experience. It shouldn't be a guilt trip where you're stopped in the street and pressurised into signing something. Peter, I appreciate your thoughts on this this morning. If you want to uh, read more of Peter's thoughts, then his website is banchuggers.blogspot.com. I've just had a look at it, and it looks like a well-constructed little corner of the internet, so go and have a look at that. I'd love to get your thoughts on this, please. Should we get rid of chuggers? Are they a nuisance? Have you been one? 08459 455 555. We've had very little support from them this morning, apart from Albert, who says if you don't sign up, you're heartless. There's something wrong with you. What do you think? Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We had an update from Jules in East Hyde on the lower Harpenden Road. Things are slow going around Fars Lane because there are temporary traffic lights there at the moment. Also, Ian called us to update us. Going between I did not. And Henlow, I did not. Ian, if you'll believe it. Oh, gosh, OK, sorry. <laughs> There's more than one. Just two of you, though. Uh, between Shefford and Henlow on the A507, as you head towards the A1, a skip lorry's broken down. On the sensors, looking very heavy on the approach from the Ampthill Road. Also on the sensors, the M1, very heavy in both directions around Junction 10 for Luton. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Alice, Radio. I'm really sorry for the confusion about the E in there. That was inappropriate. I, should have, uh, I, I shouldn't have interrupted your bulletin, and I'm very, very sorry. Completely understandable. I see your confusion. Thank no you problem. very much indeed. You're a very kind woman. It's 8.16. It's uh, Thursday the 26th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Several homes in Bletchley have been severely damaged following a fire this morning when gas cylinders exploded in a garage. Four homes were evacuated. Two elderly residents were taken to hospital with minor injuries. If you want to see photographs, then go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. Chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlow shopping area two days a week and police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman in Stony Stratford BBC Three Counties Radio 
Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. A beautiful old village with a real community spirit. And all this week we're featuring Wellin and Digswell. It's a bit like Trumpton, the way it was. Inviting everyone to where you live. You can get out into the countryside and go walking, cycling, whatever. There's plenty going on. You've got everything you're likely to want. Cafes, restaurants. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Quiet country living in a really convenient location. It really is a great little place to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Nice to see you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? You're getting redder and redder. Now, either you've just been embarrassed or, or shamed as you've come down the stairs, or you've... Um... It's my natural glow. It's Gosh. my natural glow. I, I think, think it's... Blood pressure um, checked. You might... <laughs> Very possibly. I do, think you remember, do you remember the, the, the girl at school who... Um, if there was, like, something that was ti- a tiny bit embarrassing... <laughs> We'll go bright red. Did you well, have a girl like that? I can tell you something, because I had a girl... Oh, gosh, I hope she's not listening. This would be dreadful. I had a girl at school whose legs went red when she was embarrassed. Oh. Her, all, her whole body would go red. Gosh. And she used to wear... You know the way girls at school, they used to wear those kind of little white socks? Yes, I And then their shoes. Yep. And then they... At my school, they wore, a, I think, a grey skirt or a blue skirt. Traditional, like yeah. And her legs would go red. Wow. Whenever she was asked to stand up in front of the class and oh, do reading, that's weird. I'd say, look at her legs. <gasps> look at her legs. Red leg. Here comes leg. red leg. Her legs would go bright red. I've seen, I knew a girl who uh, got it sort of on her chest, above her bosom. Oh, yes. Flush. Yeah, yeah, you'd yes. get the flush there if she was embarrassed or, yes. you know, feeling. Well, the, the flush in my face, it's nothing to do with embarrassment. I think it might just be that my, uh, my blood vessels are getting closer to the skin. Yeah, that could be, that could be happening. It's Pinot Grigio. Yeah, well. There are, there are groups that it. can help you. I'll give you some leaflets <laughs> later on. Now, you've come in spoiling for a fight today. I don't know if you're going to get one from no, me. No, I'm sensing I'm not going to get Go one on, what's from his, you. What's your big Coming question? Coming up on this morning's Big Phone, well, you may well have seen it. It's on the front page of some of today's papers on the Daily Express. What a bargain, they say. Yep. With a picture of the Queen. Uh, the Queen has published the Buckingham Palace accounts... And it shows that the royal family costs us taxpayers just under £36 million a year. That's not bad. In real terms, that means that every single person in the UK pays 56p a year for the Queen, her family, her property, her security and her staff. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Do you mind 56p being taken from your pocket to pay for the royal family? Is it, as the Daily Express suggests, a complete bargain Mm. that our head of state costs us just 56p each? Mm. Seems like a bargain to me. Oh, you're doing weird eyes when you say that. Well, do you know what? Smug eyes. I was looking. uh, I was looking this morning, doing a little bit of research before the show. Mm. I I tried to do a little bit of research. I know that might be uh, uh, a surprise to you. Do you know that President Obama? He costs over a hundred billion dollars. From, from my pocket? Not from your pocket. Okay, you don't right. pay for him. But he costs over $100 billion for the Americans. Yeah. And he has, in the White House, there is a full-time projectionist on salary. Um, they have a full cinema yeah, in the White yeah, House. Brilliant. And they have a full-time projectionist in case any members of the family want to go and watch a film. Beautiful. 
It's so hard to press play on a DVD player, isn't it? Now, when you look at that kind of expenditure compared yeah. to our royal family, so what if Kate Middleton wants two kitchens? Yeah. It's a bargain, isn't it, the royal she, family? She flashes us uh, her bum every now and then, so we're getting our money's worth. <laughs> You're happy for it, aren't yeah, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, from nine this morning, I'd love your views. Do you mind 56p being taken from your pocket to pay for the royal family? Do you think it's an outrage? Do you think they should have to pay for themselves? Do you think it's absolutely cheeky when you consider how hard up some people are in this country, Mm. that this family, this privileged family, who make a lot of money for themselves as well, are also being subsidised by the taxpayer to the tune of nearly £36 million a year. From nine this morning, I'd love your call on 08459 455 555. Little bit of... Now, my politics, I can't... I should be against the royal family. This is why you were spoiling for a fight. Well, I thought you would. I, I thought, oh, I bet Ian's a Republican. Yeah, I... I, 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 I uh, but I quite like the royal family. Why? I have no. It, well, I have no intellectual um, argument for. All intellectual arguments say we should get rid of the royal family. Why? That they're an abomination. That's not right. Well, the, the intellectual argument is, I think. But the emotion. I'm a traditionalist, and my emotional argument is, oh, I quite like them. I quite like them. Not the the, the peripheral ones. Not the not Fergie and all of those idiots. But the the main the main core. The Queen, her racist husband, uh, 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 Charles and Andrew. And their kids, Edward. No, no, Edward. no, 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 not, not, not Eddie. No. What's wrong with Edward? Edward. I mean, Edward. No. What's wrong with Edward? Well, what's right with Edward? Where could I start? Um, but I, li- I quite like them, and I, I can't argue it any better than that. Do you that. know why you like them? I'll, I'll vocalise it for Please you. Please do. I've worked it out. Yeah. It's because the royal family, they are part of the eccentricity and soap opera quality of this country. I'll give you that. Without the royal family, yep. we'd be nothing. Mm, that's maybe pushing it a little bit. The first point I'll give you, yeah. Whenever I go abroad, people always ask, they say, have you met the Queen? <laughs> I mean, they presume I have. Yeah, I yeah. say, I haven't met her. Yeah. And they always ask questions about the royal family. Yeah. They're, they're fascinated around the world by the royal family. Yeah. Some people think we're bonkers for having a royal family, but they're all fascinated Makes by them. Makes special. When they come over to this country, they always want to go and see the trooping of the colour and where the Queen lives. They yeah. want to go to Windsor Castle. Oh, and all yeah. those things... The royal family, without them, what would this country be? Mm. We'd be like America. Mm. From nine this morning. Do you mind 56p being taken from your pocket to pay for the royal family? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Morning, Steve! Morning, Steve. What? what why, why are you chuckling? <laughs> Just talking to you does me in. Oh, it does you in, but it makes you excited, doesn't it? Oh, well, I won't go that far. <laughs> you do it. You do it so often, though, Steve. I, I suspect. Oh, no. I can, permission to speak freely, Stephen. I well, think. I think on. I'm the closest thing you've got to a friend. No, I don't want no friends. They're all pains up there. But but so exactly so you don't want any friends but I'm I'm the closest thing you've got you you've no, almost let I, me into your heart. No, it's because I can come radio. because I can abuse you politically. Well, you, you, you freedom you, of speech, which doesn't exist as we've established. You, yeah, you, 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 there is. It costs you eighty quid. There, there. You know, it's worth paying it. Who, who are you paying eighty? Well, who are you paying eighty pounds to go and talk freely to? It sounds very suspicious, Steve. <laughs> I, I, you 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 come on and abuse me. And what's great about our phone conversations is you never <laughs> win. Let's see how you get on today. What have you got? I, I always win in my own head. Yeah, I know you do. No one else is. <laughs> Chuggers, go on. What do you reckon? 
No, well, actually, I did ring up and actually twist it around to... I thought when I first heard the conversation, it was about sort of the, the issue people telling the issue and all that, the homeless people. The, uh, the issue people selling the issue. You mean the big yeah, issue? The big the, issue. Uh, the, the magazine that's designed to help homeless people um, fend for themselves to, to a certain extent. Yes. Yeah, well, generally, they, they shouldn't... Society should get them sorted out, surely. They should take them off the streets and clean them up and re-educate them and put them back into society. Put them where? I don't know, in in bed and breakfast, clean them up, get them re-educated and get them a job. Surely surely they should be up the same standard as me and you. You sit there on your money, I'll sit and people moan about, oh, look at them people, they're they're scumbags, they're low-lives. Well, they need help. But at the end of the day, it's no use just them sending a piece of paper to get themselves out of it. They need proper help and money. OK, there will be some people arguing, Steve. Are, are you sure you're not a socialist? No, I'm not so. No, I'm not socialist. But, you're, but you're, no, the, the argument you've just put forward <laughs> is pure socialism. No, it's not socialist. It's being nice to people. It's bringing people up to a standard of living, isn't it? Everyone moans, oh, I've got my car, I've got my free holidays a year. Look at them scumbags. Why can't they do the same? Well, people are not all the same. We're all individual. Mentally, oh, we're all different. Stephen? What? You're a, this is amazing. You are a socialist and you I'm don't not, know I'm it. I'm a far-rightist. You're not... This is not a far-rightist policy. What? To get well, home... Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, Steve. How, how is this... Put, how can you put a political agenda onto getting people how, off the street? How it's is this... a thing. No, it's because, a because thing. The, the right... The right would just have them moved out of town to another town. How can you say... No, that? How can not. you say that getting homeless people off the street, cleaning them, putting them in a bed and breakfast, feeding them... Educating them, helping yeah. them get work. I'm assuming as well. You're also suggesting that we help those that have mental health issues. Well, of course we are. Welcome, of welcome to the left, <laughs> the left, brother. Come no, on, comrade, give me a hug. Go and kiss my lala. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching your lala, Steve. You're a socialist, and you don't know it. Well done. Getting home. I every now, I, every now and then, I'll agree with. Uh, with Steve, very rarely, but every now and then, he's coming round. He's coming round. He's 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 jumped over the fence. He's on the left. He doesn't realise he's jumped. He doesn't realise he's jumped. Getting home. Let's just go through this philosophy again. He wants to get homeless people off the street, not put them in prison, not lock them up, not make, send them to the workhouse, not move them out of town. He wants to clean them, feed them, give them accommodation, educate them, and help them get jobs. Steve, that's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful, comrade. It's beautiful. Well done. Uh, Kenny Luton, stay there. We'll come to you in a little bit. I'll, I'll come to you after the news. I've, I'm running a bit late. 08459 455 555. Uh, let's do three comments uh, from Facebook on Chuggers. Alan says it's another way of raising funds. You get charities advertising on TV. Do the adverts annoy you so much that you think they should be restricted to two days a week? Who watches adverts these days? We fast forward on the Sky Plus. Michael says, I'd never give my name and address and bank details on the street or on my doorstep. And James says, let them shake a tin and collect money as often as they like, but hassling you in the street and trying to get you to sign up for a monthly donation, ban that altogether. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In East Hyde, there are roadworks on the lower Harpenden Road around Fars Lane. Uh, there are temporary traffic lights there and it is causing some delays in both directions. 
Also between Shefford and Henlow on the A507 as you head towards the A1, a skip lorry has broken down. It's causing queues on the approach from the Ampthill Road. Also the A1M northbound around Junction 6 for Welling Garden City, heavy going. And the M1 and northbound, we've got queues at Junction 10 for Luton Exit Slip Road. The M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Several homes in Bletchley have been severely damaged following a fire this morning when gas cylinders exploded in a garage. Four homes were evacuated, two elderly residents were taken to hospital with minor injuries. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. So-called chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlowe shopping area two days a week. And police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman in Stony Stratford. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Football's world governing body FIFA has told the BBC a decision about the Uruguayan Liverpool striker Luis Suarez should be made within the next 24 hours following Tuesday's apparent World Cup biting incident. On the field, two goals from Lionel Messi helped Argentina to a 3-2 win over Nigeria. Both teams go through. Argentina and Manchester City fullback Pablo Zabaleta says Messi will be key to their hopes. We know Messi is our main player, he's our captain. He means everything for this team and uh, obviously everyone who loves football around the world is uh, enjoying watching Messi playing in football. France drew 0-0 with Ecuador last night but won their group with Switzerland second after beating Honduras 3-0. France will play Nigeria, Argentina will face Switzerland in the last 16. This afternoon a draw for Germany against the USA would send both through. Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal face Ghana but are unlikely to progress. At Wimbledon wins yesterday for Andy Murray and Novak Djokovic. Today Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer are in second round action. British number one Heather Watson is also on centre court as Russell Fuller reports. After beating a top 20 player for the first time in her career in Eastbourne last week, Watson must now aim her sights even higher. Angelique Kerber stands at seven in the world and has won three tour titles, but the way Watson now tries to impose herself on matches lends hope of a competitive contest. That match follows Rafa Nadal, Lucas Rossold too. The Czech will hope to blast his way past Nadal as he did in such unforgettable style two years ago. Tony Nadal does not expect lightning to strike twice though. He says his nephew is now moving better and with far less pain. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, last 30 minutes of the show, it always gets busy, so if you want to call, I suggest you do it now. Here's what we're talking about. Chuggers, um, uh, an area... In, uh, where, where exactly is it? I keep forgetting the... Where, 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 is, it? where is it? Where is it? In Hemel. Marlowe's in Hemel. Marlowe's in Hemel. Your microphone's on now, so you can speak. I know. I know. Isn't that great? Fun times. The Marlowe's in Hemel, have, have, uh, they are banning chugging for five days a week, so only two days a week can thou go and Chuggis. There has been an arrangement made. Okay, right. Oh, so. are you echoing me? <laughs> <laughs> There's been an arrangement. Uh, okay, so an arrangement has been made. I uh, may have the body of a weak and feeble woman, but I do know about this arrangement. 
but so we've yet to find, apart from Albert, the meat packer, there are very few people who are in support of chugging. And we've not heard one. We've not heard from one chugger yet. That's the dream. That's the dream is to get. Normally we can't we can't walk for chuggers. Yeah. Now we want to talk to them. Or where are they? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Also, I'd love to speak to uh, the, the two sides of the chugging coin: the chugger and the person who has willingly given their bank details to one. The chuggy. The chuggy. The chugger. The chuggy. So if you've chugged or been chugged. What? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I have to bite my tongue so often when I'm doing this show. I know. So often. When I think I'm doing it's this something show. about my accent. What did you say? It makes it sound worse. Oh, okay. Well, just... Didn't mean to make it sound bad. Uh, so oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Can we find a job that is more loathed than the chugger? Because we hate those with the, with the greatest. About I don't know who they are. I'm sure they are wonderful people that have great lives. But we hate them when we see them down the street. There was a thing about selling encyclopedias once upon a time, wasn't there? I've got a great film for you to watch. Thanks. There was a thing about selling encyclopedias once upon a time, wasn't there? I've got a great film for you to watch, right? It's from 1962. It's a black and white documentary. No, but I can make it sound good. It's by the Maisels Brothers, who are excellent. They did Grey Gardens. Guys? Guys? Bueller? It's about Bible salesmen. (gasps) It's brilliant. It's it's kind of the death of the door-to-door salesman, and they're going around trying to sell Bibles. Oh, it's... Didn't Johnny Cash do that? No, he was he was a singer. He was a singer. He was a salesman. Did he sell knives? I think he sold sold knives door to door. Did he? Really? Imagine Johnny Cash turns up your door, chewing his chewing his gum because he's off his face on speed. (laughs) No, this was before. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, we think. We think. Uh, can't libel the. Anyway, so we're talking about that. We're trying to Hello, find. Oh, a... I'm Johnny Cash. Don't worry, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I am actually. Just some lives. They and always some country are. Music. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about that, and uh, can we find a job worse than that? And then we've had this email from Ken in Redbourne about Jimmy Savile. We've been talking about Jimmy Savile today. As more stuff is going to come out. I'm no supporter of the guy Savile, but as not a single allegation has been or will ever be tried in court, the media should forever use the term alleged in reference to them. So when we talk about, we should say alleged paedophile, uh, Jimmy Savile, alleged child abuse. The alleged victims. I think he's got. I think Ken and Redbourne's got that wrong. I don't, I'm not quite sure. Is, is that that is in some way disrespecting and disbelieving the alleged victims, isn't it? If you put that word in front of it, it's taking the power away from them again. Are you suggesting Ken? Call in because I'd love to speak to you. Are you suggesting that you doubt? That Jimmy Savile has. Uh, are you arguing this as a point of law, as a point of clarity, or, or are you trying to cast doubt on the women that have come forward and, and said these things? I don't know. Also, keen to get your views on that, dear listener, whether you think that maybe we should be treading a little bit more carefully in the uh, thorny park of child abuse that is uh, Jimmy Savile's history. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I got a bit lost in that sentence. Don't, don't read too much into it. Ke- a different Ken. Ken is in Luton. Morning, Ken. Morning. Ken, what, what would you want to say? What's the difference between begging and chugging? I don't know. What's the difference between begging and chugging? There ain't no difference. Begging is against the law. I wouldn't open with that one, Ken. It's not your strongest gag. No, but what I'm saying is I watched the Panorama documentary. Oh what? A panorama documentary on yes. Tuesday. Oh yeah, about the Romanian gypsies that are begging in the streets of London. Okay, right. Yep. They dress up as Muslims. Who about? Well, they quite often are Muslims, aren't they? Yes. No, they're not. 
Uh, I thought Romanians... Gypsies. Catherine, I'm, I'm looking to you for... Uh, I thought that a significant number of Romanians were Muslims. No. I was under that impression too. Let me check it out. So she's going to um, go to Wikipedia and find out. Oh, oh, what? But I think Roma- the Romanian gypsies can be Muslims, Ken. Oh, they most probably can, but they dress up as Muslims. Well, if, if they're they not Muslims, they if can. they are Muslims, then what, what's wrong? What's your beef with them dressing up as Muslims? Because they go round the Muslim mosque on a Friday, yeah, pretending they're Muslims. Are they Muslims or not? No. How do you know they're not? Panorama showed you it. So they said, Panorama said, these people are not Muslims. Yes. They, They're just dressing they up as Muslims. Fact, these Romanian gypsies. Right. All through London, Croydon and Ilford and yeah. all over the place. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now... Hang on one second, Catherine's got her hand up. Muslim Roma are found in Turkey, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Albania, Egypt, Kosovo, Republic of Macedonia, Bulgaria... Romania, although it's a very small um, Muslim Romani group, exists in the Dobruja region of Romania, Croatia, Russia, Greece, right. Crimea and the Caucasus. So they're quite a lot. Carefully, please. I will say this you only once. Any religion in any sect. But what they are, they are Romani gypsies. Catholic Romani gypsies. OK, they're Catholics. You say you're specifically... Apart Catholic. from the ones in Turkey, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Albania, don't do the, Egypt... Oh, she's doing the list the again, Caucasus, Kim. We just have to let her finish Macedonia, now. Bulgaria, Dubruja. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know, Ken. Facts. OK, facts. I'm going to turn that microphone off, Ken. Now, <laughs> the difference between them... Oh, don't do another yeah. joke. The last one died so miserably. So... Police were stopping these remaining gypsies and then letting them go again. For what? They take their details and then they let them carry on. And if you see the villas they got back in Romania, you would not believe it. What villas? What villas have the Romanian gypsies who pretend to be Muslims got back in Romania? What do you mean? What they got? They're like. Uh, Mass killed gypsies. Uh, the gypsies. No, I didn't see. I'm assuming this was all shown in the documentary on Panorama, was it, Ken? Yeah. I missed it. So I'm ask, I'll ask again. What villas have the Romani gypsies who come over here and pretend to be Muslims got? Blooming great big ones. That's what they. And they're getting that just from pretending to be Muslims, are they? Listen to me carefully, Ian. I will say this only once. Get on e- YouTube. eBay? No, you. you want to buy a Romani gypsy? You don't want to buy one of them. You get on YouTube and... No, you t- I'm not going to get on YouTube. You tell me what you saw. What I have seen, yeah. and I am telling you what I've seen. OK, so you, what you saw was... Well... What you saw was that Romani gypsies come over here... Yes. ...dress up as Muslims... Yes. ...go to a mosque on a Friday night... On a Friday morning. On a Friday morning. All day. All right. So they've got to spend a Friday in a mosque... Plus, they're getting benefits for hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Now, now you're throwing benefits into the mix. Let's get this straight. I have. So, now... Romany gypsies. You, you asked me... In I'm, your I'm asking you this! Jonathan, Jonathan, it, oh, how do you know this? Well... Jonathan... Can I not believe Panorama, then? Jonathan? Yes, yeah, Jonathan. I'm Ian. No, do you, you, when, you, when I say something... You just called me Jonathan twice. I said I spoke to Jonathan. Yeah, I know, and we hear you speaking to Jonathan. And when you... Can I ask you, when you speak to Jonathan, why do you do a posh voice? I don't do a posh voice. You do a posher voice than this. Oh, well, you know. Now, 
So let's just get this straight. I'm not doubting, but I just want to make sure you know what you're saying and I know what you're saying. So, and also we've got no other calls. So... I might be on the tablets, but I'm not that... But it's just one... Now, when I say... No, shut up and let me ask you. Recording. So you're saying... Roman Egypties come to this country, they dress up as Muslims, they go to a mosque all day Friday. Yes. They also get benefits. So from the money they get from benefits and um, pretending to be a Muslim... Yes. ..they can afford luxury villas yes. in Romania. Like the Rathkild uh, travellers. That you, you, that's what you're saying. They can afford luxury villas simply from benefits and pretending to be Muslims. Yes. I'm in. I'm in. I am in as well, but... Unfortunately, though, those villas are in Romania. Who wants to go there? You ain't seen them, Ian. Have a look at them. Okay. well, I'm I'm up for that, Ken. I'm certainly going to go and pretend to be a Muslim. One of them, and they've got six kids living there. Unbelievable. You're just... You know. But what's that got to do, Ken? Sorry, I've just remembered where this started. Chugging is begging, isn't it? What's that got to do with chugging? What have Romany gypsies who come over here, pretend to be Muslims on a Friday, and claim benefits, <laughs> and have villas in Romany, what's that got to do with chugging? It's the same thing. They're begging... It's not the same thing! Those young young out-of-work actors are collecting money for pandas and children with AIDS. What's that got to do with Romanian gypsies coming over here, pretending to be Muslims on a Friday, claiming benefits, and then having giant villas in Romany? In and getting Mercedes parked outside... And now you're throwing Mercedes into it! Yes. What's that got to do with chuggers? What do you mean? It's begging, isn't it? Thank you very much indeed, Ken. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You know the dressing Muslim and going to the mosque all day on a Friday. Yeah, that sounds like being Muslim. <laughs> it sounds not, pretty not much. Pretending. I mean, they're they're really going for the method, aren't they? It really sounds like. I don't know how. Does the mosques give out free money to to people on Fridays? Because if so, I'm there. Call me now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If it is, you can get a headscarf. I can, you know, wear whatever Muslim men wear. We'll, we'll be there Friday. I'll get some money. <laughs> I think we might get found. Out. Why? Because I'm not really a Muslim. I don't know okay. first thing about it. You just My Arabic's ropey at best. <laughs> Ben's in Wickham. Good morning, Ben. <laughs> Good morning. I've got sir. no idea. I'm hoping your point is better than Ken's. What would you like to say? <laughs> no, all, I, all I'm saying is I, I spend a lot of time in uh, Windsor, probably eight or ten a day in Pesco Street. Um, I don't know what they're doing. I don't ask what they're doing. I simply, if I get approached, I simply say, if it involves my name and address, my, um, my telephone number or money, forget it. And they just walk away. Because it's going to be one of them three things. <laughs> You're, um, uh, Ben, I'm, I'm, I'm making up two things about you. And I'm mm-hmm. making, tell me if I'm wrong or right. You sound quite posh and you sound like you're over 50. Posh? <laughs> posh? Ah, well, if you, if they said I, when I come up from Somerset, oh, I see. wouldn't that, say something like that. That's the real bit. But I would, ima- <laughs> I would imagine, because I get approached and I kind, of, I kind of say, no thanks, not today, and, and, and I walk on. Because uh, they give you that look. They, they clock you, don't they, about 10 metres away. They do. Uh, but I'd imagine they would see you as, as not a soft target and that they will let you pass freely. Uh, maybe someone younger and less confident in their stride, I think d- they, they do get tackled, don't they? Oh, they do. They, they target. I know they target people. What are you doing in Pescod Street? Well, I have um, a part-time occupation, and I'm retired in Windsor. A part-time occupation? Um, I'm intrigued, Ben. Am I, am I allowed to ask more? 
Well, if I said charity work, you wouldn't believe me. Um, oh. <laughs> but I don't go chugging around the street. You don't work in that retro shop, do you? <laughs> Sorry? You don't work in that retro shop that's down the bottom of Pescod Street, the one no. that had a radiogram in the window for a few weeks. No. Okay. No, do you know, know the shop I'm talking know, about? Yes, I do. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's the it's, yeah. it's the be- it's the best. Whenever I'm in Windsor, which isn't so often these days, mm. it's the best shop in the world. Although my youngest son was scared to go in there the other day, I think he could smell history. Ah, that's a point. Yes, he could smell history. It, it can. It, it can give that impression of sort of uh, um, taking you back in time. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can understand that for you. I'm a bit spooky, perhaps. Ben, listen, it's nice to talk to you. I'm intrigued. Pescott Street is a, a part of the world I know very, very well. I grew up all around there, but I, I shall ask no more. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between Shefford and Henlow on the A507 as you head towards the A1. A skip lorry had broken down earlier, but looking on the speed sensors now, we don't seem to have any delays anymore, so that's hopefully cleared up. The A1M southbound on the sensors, slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Wellin. Also very heavy on the northbound carriageway around Junction 6 for Wellin. Then on the speed sensors, the M1 London bound, very heavy between Junction 10 for Luton and 6 for the M25. Also ongoing delays on the M25 anti-clockwise, queues between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Hey, look at that, it's 8.46, we're nearly done. We're nearly done. It's nearly the weekend, guys. 8.46, Thursday the 26th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Several homes in Bletchley have been severely damaged following a fire this morning when gas cylinders exploded in a garage. Four homes were evacuated and two elderly residents were taken to hospital with minor injuries. If you want to see the incredible photos, then go to our Facebook page and stay tuned because Justin Dealey is there and uh, will give us a report on the latest. Action is being taken in Hemel Hempstead to limit on-street direct debit fundraising. Chuggers will only be able to operate in the Marlowe's shopping area two days a week. And police in Milton Keynes have released without charge a man who was arrested on suspicion of murder after the death of an elderly woman in Stony Stratford. Let's get the weather with Sarah Thornton. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning to you. Yes, we start this morning with some really lovely sunshine across the three counties. The temperatures are doing beautifully as a result. We're up in the mid-teens just now. But we are going to see an increase in clouds slowly through the day today. It shouldn't spoil things, though. We should stay dry through most of daylight hours. It's this evening when we see some showery activity spreading towards us. Before that, top temperature of 19, possibly 20 Celsius. That's 68 in Fahrenheit. Showers come in through this evening, though, and those showers will be with us through the next couple of days we will have drier interludes we may well even start tomorrow morning with some dry weather but showers get going quite quickly and we'll keep them through the afternoon they could be heavy and thundery as well top temperature between the showers tomorrow is 17 celsius a good chance of picking some showers up again on saturday across the three counties but sunday should be drier the risk of a light shower but mostly if it's dry prolonged weather you're looking for uh, sunday is the day for you this weekend temperatures at the weekend well they've taken a bit of a knock in the wake of those showers but in the best of any drier brighter weather again up into the high teens and by monday once more we'll be talking about the risk of some showers so today dry some good spells of sunshine this morning clouding up through this afternoon more of course on the website 
Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they're starting introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, we've been talking about the uh, explosion and the fire that's taken place uh, in Bletchley earlier on this morning. It was in Turnbury Close, and our reporter Justin Dealey has been there all morning. Uh, Justin, we've seen the photos. If you mm. if you haven't, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. They are quite incredible, the damage yeah. that's been done. No one's seriously injured. That's the miracle. Absolute miracle. I mean, two people have been taken to hospital with shock. Uh, the explosion happened just before five o'clock this morning. Uh, four properties affected. Um, look at that picture on Facebook. Um, it's a scene of just absolute devastation. Uh, the explosion happened in a garage, uh, which is situated in one of the back gardens here. Well, well, the four gardens, there's nothing left of them because all you can see is rubble. Uh, the back doors they've gone through. Also, large parts of, of the roofs here, they, they've disappeared as well. Reports of debris flying. Just a, a terrifying experience for all concerned. I've spoken to uh, Bruce Hawkins a moment ago. Ago. He's one of the locals living here, and here's what he had to say. Well, Bruce, we're, we're looking at the damage here. Um, quite incredible, isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing no one was hurt. Actually, all the... Uh, well, the debris, it's everywhere, isn't it? Mm. What about the damage to your property inside? We're hearing that, that, that doors were blown off the hinges here. Yes, yes, doors won't open. The, back, the front door was blown completely open, and... And uh, we see all this. Well, it's all gone. It's all out of square somehow. Property is. And the explosion itself, it, it must have woken you up. Just how loud was that explosion? It was ever so loud. It was just like a bomb going off, you know. Yeah. I'm sure that you've fun spoken fun. to your family about this. So you, you must be, oh. looking at the damage here, you must be grateful that, that you're still alive. Oh, it is amazing, isn't it, really? And see for yourself what uh, what devastation there is. Yeah, yeah. So now the hard work starts trying to put your property back together. Well, yeah, it's a job to know where to start, isn't it? You can almost hear the, the, the shock in his voice. That was uh, Bruce, one of the locals. Iftab has come up to the radio car as well here live in Bletchley. Iftab, uh, this explosion, we've seen the devastation. Uh, I'm sure it woke you up uh, just before 5 o'clock this morning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 5 in the morning. We were certain it was an earthquake or something along that lines. And then we thought maybe something's crashed into the house, so we were looking for like light aircraft, etc. But eventually, obviously, saw the smoke bellowing out and... Uh, yeah, it's quite scary. Absolutely. Everyone here seems to be in shock, a bit like your kids as well, on the way to school this morning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the whole street was out in the morning. It was, uh, it was quite exciting. But hopefully, uh, luckily, no one's hurt, so it's all good. Yeah, you can say exciting because nobody, thankfully, has been hurt. But um, um, just lastly, what I'm hearing is great reports about the community. Everyone coming together, everyone making sure that everyone was, was OK. Yeah, definitely. Five in the morning and the street was packed. Everyone was out. You know, everyone was trying to get involved or help in some sort of way. Yeah, it was it was good. It was nice. Iftab, I'll let you crack on. Thank you very much yeah. indeed. That's uh, Iftab there uh, on his way to, to school with his kids. Um, Ian, again, the pictures. Um, I, I was a bit 
shock this morning because Ian Wilson from the uh, the fire service spoke to us. He wouldn't allow me to to look at the properties just after 7:30. Off the back of our interview, he took me into those back gardens, mm. and wow, um, it really is an absolute miracle. We can thank God this morning that that nobody's been killed here. Justin, excellent stuff, mate. Thank you very much indeed. The pictures are on Facebook if you want to have a look, and it is uh, it's quite incredible. Uh, very quickly, we've got uh, an email from Aidan. Ian, I don't have a problem with Chuggers. Admittedly, his career has taken a bit of a dive, but he was great on the multicoloured swap shop and extras. <laughs> it's true. Let's not talk about that thing where he got naked. Naked jungle. Mm. Very quickly, Matt. I know we'll, we'll do Kelly in a second. Kelly, oh guys, yeah, you uh, were just, telling us about Matt. How he did? Tease you about Matt. It's a cartoon on the front page of the Daily Telegraph. It's a tennis court. The audience are there. The crowd, and one member of the crowd is shouting. Come on, Andy. Bite him. Um, tennis just, is not a contact sport. Let's just let's just take a moment to enjoy that. Picture is of a tennis court. A woman is shouting. Come on, Andy. Bite him. That's the music that Matt plays every time he faxes off his latest cartoon drawing. He still sends them by fax. Sends it off, plays his music, sparks up a fat cigar, has two fingers of whiskey, and then cries at his rubbish cartoons. You right, Kath? And then he gets a check. <laughs> gets a big fat check for drawing stuff. Kelly's in Buckinghamshire. Kelly, you, you've taken offence. Uh, a phone call we had earlier on from Ken. Kelly? <laughs> Kelly? Oh, Kelly's dropped off. Kelly's dropped off. We'll get Kelly back. Uh, Ken was saying, uh, talking about the documentary I missed, Panorama, where um, apparently uh, Romani gypsies were coming over here, pretending to be Muslims on a Friday going to the mosque, dressing as Muslims, and also signing on and sending their money back home and uh, uh, purchasing uh, luxury villas in, had, in Romania. We've had a text through from a very concerned OC, clear yeah. why your TV career came to a halt. Oh. It's funny, I saw you on telly. On, I'm on telly every Saturday for, for the whole summer, guys. But Trash, yeah. Trashing the BBC's flagship documentary programme can't be a good career move. Um, I don't, I'm not sure we had a, a, a good synopsis of that programme. Who, who's this guy? OC? OC. Is this right. Christian O'Connell again? Uh, OC, A... You should have phoned up. Secondly, I wasn't trashing... At uh, what point did I trash the panorama? I was just asking for clarity of what happened, OC. Isn't it funny how people hear what they want to hear? I'm on uh, the television every Saturday night being very well paid for, throughout the summer. I'm also in negotiations for other television work at the moment. Thanks very much indeed. Have we got... Uh, we got has she gone? What? Oh, that's disappointing. Uh, Kelly, give us a ring back if you're still listening. We really yeah. want to hear from you. She might have to go to work or something. Well, well, hang on. Well, it's not it's not Friday, so she can't be going down to the mosque to pretend to be a Muslim. Couldn't quite get Ken's point there. Didn't quite get Ken's point. I wasn't I wasn't dissing Panorama for goodness sake. Just silly sausage. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Let's have a quick look at some of the front pages. I say some of the front pages. I've got it down to three, the three important ones, i.e., the three that you read. Daily Express: Vitamin D cuts blood pressure. They've, they've done health stories every day this week, haven't they? 
The Daily Mail banned fruit juice at dinner time. And the Sun, Ronga. Cops called in over payday loan firms' fake legal letters. That's an incredible story. Harriet's in Cambridge. Good morning, Harriet. Morning, Ian. What can I do for you? Well, I was thinking that traffic wardens might be worse than, um, oh, what do you call them? Chuggers. Chuggers. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, they're probably on a more level footing, actually, with this whole hatred thing. Yeah. I think, actually, more hated than the Chuggers themselves are the politicians that don't... Oh. Do, don't provide the legislation to stop them doing it. Here we go. Here we go. I had a great moment with a traffic warden yesterday. Because you know in some places you can phone up to get your, your parking ticket now. So you no. can pho- oh, oh, yeah, in, in that there, London. And other places around Bed Tarts and Bucks, uh-huh. I think. You can, instead of put if you haven't got money to put it in the machine, you can phone up uh-huh. and pay with your card. And I was um, doing this in London yesterday, but I was stood quite some distance away from my car. Oh, no. No, no, it's great. And I saw the traffic warden go up to my car. I thought, yeah, beautiful. And he started <laughs> tapping into his machine and his eyes lit up as he realised I didn't have a ticket. And he started processing the ticket. And I got right to the last minute, and I just went up to him, mate, I'm just doing it on the phone. Oh, his little heart broke. His little, <laughs> his little commission just floated away into the sky, mm-hmm. Harriet. Floated oh, away my, into the sky. My boyfriend drives a van for one of the um, supermarket delivery companies. Oh, yeah. And, um, Ocado? I'm not going to give any names. Tesco? It's Ocado. Um, <laughs> Oh, see, they're the posh ones, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. But they they have stated on the um, things that they have inside their van so they can check up on it yeah. that they are allowed to park on double yellow lines when doing a drop-off. Whoa! Hang on a second. That's my, We're running out of time, but you've just dropped a bombshell. You're telling me Ocado and possibly other su- uh, supermarket delivery services... That's what it says in their book. They have the right to park on double yellow well, lines? when they're doing no. drop-off. No, Harriet, listen, we've got to end it there. We might look into that. I can't, be- I can't believe that for a moment. Can you, Catherine? Well, people need groceries. Of course they need groceries, but they're allowed to stop... Oh, what, a, what a shame the show is ending. I'm hoping that JVS will drop his nonsense phone in about the Queen and will pick up, with, pick up this... I suspect he won't. I suspect he won't. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M looking much heavier than normal at the moment. The southbound carriageway very heavy between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 6 for Wellin. We've had an update from Richard on the northbound carriageway. Extremely slow around Junction 6 for Wellin. In Kings Langley, the A41 is queuing as you head towards the M25. And on the M25 itself, the anti-clockwise carriageway, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. The M1 London bound around Junction 13 for Bedford looking very slow. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. I've just spoken to the JBS team. They've considered it, but they're not going with a cardo parking on double yellow lines. Instead, they're still sticking with... Do you mind 56 pence being taken to pay for the royal family? I'm back tomorrow at 6. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It was a close call, though. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock and on the big phone-in. Do you mind 56p being taken from 